If you in the building, go ahead and shout out where you come, where you tuning in from. That'll be nice. I just want to know where the family at this morning. Yeah. Where is the family at this morning? We got a lot to cover today, oh. And um, what's good about this topic is I feel like, from an entrepreneurial perspective, I'm revisiting a lot of the information that we're going to be covering today specifically as I venture into this new journey of ATL shouty in the building. We got Laura from ATL in the building. Shout out to you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm I'm, a new space. I'm entering a new space, bro. And, um, and I like it. Um, I'm having fun, but I'm having to revisit a lot of the lessons that I've learned building a seven-figure wholesaling company. North Kakalaki. Do you say? Do we still say North Kakalaki? <laughs> we still it's say like that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do we still say that? <laughs> North well, Carolina VA. in the building. VA in the building. Um, you know, so this is critically I important. North and Carolina I think, right here. You know, me, Myrtle me, Beach. What's that right there? Oh, that Myrtle Beach. That North, that North Carolina Myrtle Beach. Oh, oh that yeah. South Carolina. Exactly. One of them. in the building. Yeah. You know, go ahead. But when you when you've done it, when you've done it, uh, when you've done it before, right? And you've had you know some successful businesses. You know that success begins to leave clues. Those learning lessons begin to leave clues. Peep, peep game on this. Oh, the failures they leave, leave clues. clues. That's the most important clue. You see, we don't want to talk about the same thing twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and so, what I'm hype about? Oh, we got my guy Al in the building. And we're gonna need you to tap. You gonna, yeah, we, we need, need you to, to definitely tap, tap in, man. in today, man. We definitely need my guy Al in the building. Let's get that. Let's get that. Yeah, okay, we got that link. Yeah, just hit that link out. Yeah, but and you know they, they got a lot of things to learn about. You know, it's a lot of things to learn about. You know, entrepreneurship is a skill. Being a business owner is a skill. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy about it is a lot of times, oh, it requires more skills than you ever would have had to require on your regular nine to five. Yeah. Well, you got to think about it. The nine to five is telling somebody's telling you what to do every day. Yes. You follow. They didn't like that when you're an entrepreneur. Mm-mm. You gotta figure out what to do every day. You gotta figure out what to do. 
boy got a turtleneck on. He clean. Yeah, that, he yeah, knew. Yeah. He I'll knew clean. Him, boy, nothing over there, man. Ah, that boy, that boy, he wild. can't tell him nothing over there. Ah, that boy, wild, man. You know? <laughs> I'm up in the, in the office early, baby, early. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, you tell him he ain't clean. You a liar. Ah, y'all, y'all crazy, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all yeah, you look like you're going to a new a new meetup. Or something. Yeah. Nah, yeah. you know I got uh, you know I got some important meetings later today. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and then uh, B, I'm I'm about to send that contract out on that on that deal we're working on. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of moving parts, man. A lot yeah. Of moving yeah. Parts, man. Yeah. So you know I gotta, I'm a busy guy. So you gotta get up early and make it happen. Early. Absolutely. Enough, baby. Yeah. You still been working out, man? Nah, I gotta get back on it. You ain't seen me post nothing in a while, man. You know, I'm, I'm about. I need to lose by fifteen and all that, man. I need to get back on. Fifteen, yeah. Fifteen really mean about twenty twenty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need me a solid twenty. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I just remember back back in the day on Clubhouse. About this time, you'd be on the roll machine and all that, man. Yeah, I'm gonna get back yeah. on it, man. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get back on it. It's, it's no excuses. You just gotta make it happen, man. Everybody getting back on it, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, open I, don't know about I, ain't, I ain't heard you in the gym in a while. I, I ain't heard them sneakers in the gym. Who you, you been hooping still or what? Yeah, I sprained my knee about three weeks ago, so I ain't been I ain't been shooting like that. I'm done. I'm too right. over this shit now. All right, yeah, man. I yeah, gotta get back on. No excuses. No excuses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we can see uh what you gonna do, Byron? Man, I gotta get it together, bro. I gotta get it together. I ain't gonna lie to you. I got to get it together. <laughs> As you get older, man, it's harder to lose, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. I say he's been on it heavy. Okay. He's been on it heavy. Yeah, man. You know, but yeah, you know, man, look, we're talking about building an empire, right? Okay. Um, I feel like, you know, those lessons that have been learned. My Jesus, bro, it's, it's been so, so many lessons learned. But listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas. Primarily focused on the wholesale space, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip. New construction, new to the build to rent space. Excited about that. Very excited about that. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely want to talk a, a lot more about that journey because I feel like on this particular journey, if you if, if you pay attention, you'll literally see uh, how we're building this thing out. How you know how we're building this thing out little by little, piece by piece. Um, and I think that's 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 gonna be a, a dope experience to watch because I definitely will be highlighting it. If you're not following me on Instagram, definitely do that. I'm not holding nothing back. Um, I'm gonna be sharing more and more the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, all of that. So, yeah, that's me. Definitely tap in. Oh, what's going on? What's up? What's up, y'all? Neil Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur, Lafayette, Louisiana. Been in real estate since 2016, full time 2020, doing all things real estate. But, you know, love the rentals, love the passive income. Um, owner of Leverage to Wealth, teaching people about leverage where they are currently to get wealth in real estate. So, we got a new group coming up. So, if you're interested, book a 15 minute call. You can do that. Um, type in uh, wealth. Uh, eight three seven three eight one zero two zero eight, and uh, we got a free um meetup in New Orleans March ninth. Everybody's in the in the mentorship group. It's gonna be a good time, man. A lot of education. Uh, we talk about new development, fix and flip, creative financing. There'll be some food, some music, and of course some liquor stuff. 
Well, you're interested in that, man. Shoot me a look. Yes. You know, how, you know how we do it, man. Education first. And then we have a party after. Yes, indeed. We got Al in the building. You mind introducing yourself, Al, to the people who may yeah, not know? Yeah, man. Um, Al Johnson, vertically, vertically integrated real estate entrepreneur. Um, uh, those that know me well know that I'm, uh, I'm a lead in the insurance space. Um, you know, we buy, uh, we, we're, we've been buying a lot of commercial assets and now we're kind of transitioning again to being in a position to start building those assets. And so I'm just humble to be here, humble to help, humble to give. That's a little bit about me. Absolutely. I love it. Hey, I got I a quick it. question about the insurance situation, Al. I know it's yeah. kind of off topic, but could, could y'all buy out other people's offices like if they want to retire or they have to split it up accordingly like to certain people? Uh, that depends on the, uh, the, 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 uh, insurance model, uh, and the model I'm in, uh, y'all know I'm in state farm, which is very similar to a Chick-fil-A model. Um, you have to compete for opportunities. You can't just buy people's books of business. Now, farmers, all state independents, uh, you know, you're able to do that, but you still have to get approved by, uh, the carrier, right? They just want to make sure that the the people that are representing their brand and stand up uh, and, and things of that nature. So it depends. Yes and no. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Shit, well, let's get down to it, man. Congrats to Bam cutting 30 pounds, man. That's a lot. That's, yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's, that's big. That's big. Especially yeah. over the age of 30. Yeah, shit. man. The shit come on quick, but it lose. Take lose slow. Lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it's a monumental game, boy, let me tell you. Yeah. So, Byron, man, since you you, you start a new business, um, take us from the beginning, because I'm sure you're going to make this a, a seven-figure company. Take us from the yeah. beginning. Why do you want to get in the space? Uh, how do you choose the right partner? Because a lot of people get in business and choose the right They choose the wrong partner. You know what I'm saying? We just discussed yeah. uh, Turkey Hut last weekend. You know what I'm saying? So, all that matters in the beginning. The paperwork matters in the beginning, so... Talk to us about the beginning of the journey that you're going on, because I think it'd be relatable to a lot of people. Yeah, so I, I want to correct one little thing. So, so the the good thing is that the business was not new, right? So it was already a multi generational business. Um, and the guy that I was already, the guy that I partnered with, has already been running a seven figure um, construction business, um, and which I think is extremely dope. Uh, where I'm able to come in on that is I'm able to add the development piece to that operation that that business had only, only served as a construction company, only a construction company. And, but in all intents and purposes, bro, like I'm really building it from, you know, from scratch because now I'm bringing in this development art, to what was previously only construction and a lot of a lot of the things that i'm realizing now is dang i'm really starting all the way over like i don't have systems necessarily in place for that side of the business i don't have um you know a lot of team members that i can rely on i'm really doing a lot of this stuff myself like i'm building up a CRM, like, right. I'm, I'm building up all of the different components that to make that business. And so, um, I'm really kind of starting from scratch. Um, and you know, right now 
we already, you know, we are not even in what is this? Uh February, yeah, yeah. right? March, and by no, the time by March. the time we officially lock in the deal that Al is getting ready to send off, we're gonna be already at 10 million in development. Um and we just what in what February in the second month. In, yeah, yeah. So so and was that was that something that was that was easy? I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say no. It, it wasn't necessarily easy because there was a lot of steps that went into getting us to this particular space. Number one, I feel like my appetite for bigger projects, bigger numbers, I'm comfortable with bigger numbers because I've seen, you know, big numbers. Um, so I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with that. Uh, and, and again, th these are all mindset things. These are all mindset things. I, I honestly believe that when I first started, oh, I wouldn't be comfortable with, with, big with yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable with all of that. You know, and I don't think anything is different in terms of my, well, my experience is different, but I don't know if my abilities were necessarily different than what they are now, per se. Gotcha. Understandable. Well, let me ask you this, man. They got a, you know, you in Texas, y'all got at least uh, a million and a half contracts. Yeah. What made, what made you want to partner with this guy? Because that's, you know what I'm saying? Partnering with somebody, that's a big thing. That's like a marriage. Um, yeah. They got a lot of things to look for, a lot of things to stay away from. So what made you say, I'll take a chance with this guy? Well, uh, number one, I worked with him before, right, on multiple projects. And uh, number two, I feel like, you know, I could add value to his operation. You know, I've worked with other contractors. And some of them, I felt like I really wouldn't be able to add a whole bunch of value or I didn't feel like they would be open to the direction that I was looking to go into. Right. Uh, and so as a result of that, I just felt like, uh, you know, this may not be this may not be a good fit. I felt like in this particular situation, I know that I can add value here specifically. And so and I felt like obviously he could add value to what. I am doing myself. So it's just, it's a no brainer at that point for me. I got, a, I got a question for you, Al. Like, how do you seek new partners? I know you got a lot of partnerships. How, you know, you know, let's, let's go ahead and try to make this work. What, what yeah. turns you off about a partner? What turns you, I ain't gonna say turn on, but what makes you like more open to working with somebody rather than not? Cause that's a big thing. You know, a lot of people, uh, are yeah. doing partnerships now, but they think just because they've been friends for 20 years, they may be a good partner. You know, they, they think just because they have a lot of followers on Instagram, they may be a good partner, but typically they'd be the worst partners for the most part. So a couple of things, right? I have good partners and I have some that, that, um, how can I say, can be a better partner. And so for me, I've, um, I've gone into partnership with uh, two of my line brothers that I've been knowing for over 20 years. We're about to go, on our, uh, go up on our 20-year line anniversary in March. Um, and we own an apartment complex together. And we've owned other businesses. We used to promote parties and throw parties together in college. And so I've over time, I've learned their strengths and their weaknesses, right? I got one one partner that's extremely creative from a marketing standpoint, but operationally he ain't it. So if it's talking about paperwork, 
uh, things, structure, spreadsheets. That's not his thing. But he can market. He's creative. And that's a skill. And he's, he likes to do things that, you know, for me, it's tasking. So I like stuff like that. But I also think partnership is big on proximity. And I study people. I don't get it right all the time. Nobody gets it right all the time. But, you know, you watch how people move. You watch on, on the interactions that they have with people. How often do they give? How often do they help? Do they document what they're doing? Do they share the ups? Do they share the downs? Uh, those are things that I'm really interested in, right? And so I've been, you know, I've been talking with Byron for a long time, like, hey, man, we should do a, a deal together, and we're working on that. And for me, money's expensive right now. It's expensive uh, uh, for everybody. And I get it as investors. We don't really care about the interest rate. We care about what type of return we're going to get and can it get us to the finish line. However, that gets harder and harder to do when you're buying commercial assets and you have interest rates that, you know, are down there. Um, um, you have interest rates that are, how can I say this? They are literally at the same spot that cap rates are, or cap rates are a little lower than the interest rates when the cap rate should be higher than what the current interest rates are because money is just so expensive. So we're in a paradigm um, to where you're buying property and it may not cash flow and there's a huge disconnect with what sellers feel their property's worth versus what the market says that it's worth. And so I'm in a position to where, man, I got to buy something. I got to do something. I just can't sit idle. That's a bad use of money. It's a tool. It should be used to generate more income or more opportunities. And so I've been doing a lot of prayers and I got to switch it up this year. I've been buying a lot of assets over the last couple of years. I didn't buy much last year, but now it's time to start building assets and acquiring land and, and infill lots and, and creating value in a community and not just selling the assets that you're building, but keeping some of them. So, I, you know, uh, Byron and I are working on an opportunity. I don't really talk about it much until we get it under contract. Um, and Byron will probably be the one documented because I'm going to be honest, I'm not. But, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, and so to sum it up, cause I feel like I'm rambling. Um, when choosing partners, man, I study people. I look at, have they done this project before? What's been feedback they've had with other partners? Uh, I know Byron and Brian have done a lot of stuff together and Byron has uh, operated with other partners. And I know he's very, very, uh, diligent when he gets into an opportunity. So for me, it's it's an opportunity to do something that I'm a, that's, I, I has alignment with what I want to do. And, uh, you know, I want to start building assets. And when you buy the land right and build it right, it's really hard um, uh, to be in a situation where you can't be successful. Facts. I like that. I like that. So, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it, but let's just say when y'all buy this land and build, Y'all plan on selling or keeping it or what's the plan with it? We've been talking about yeah. both of that. And I say, I was like, B, we need to sell something and keep some. And if we build it right, buy it right, build it right, finance it right, and operate it right, meaning sell sell some, keep some, we should be in a position to, to, to do that. And one guy I've been studying as a developer uh, in the Houston area, they built a lot of these office condominiums. I own probably about 20 of the doors of they, that they've built. 
uh, I've noticed that they keep about 25% of the inventory they build. That's a big deal. I'm like, why? He's like, well, you know, a couple of things. We do it because that 25% of those doors help services, help service our debt while we're building the rest and selling them. Wow. And 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 so that's one of them. And they do it in phases, right? They don't build all 25% to lease immediately. They do a percentage per phase. Like for each phase, they do 25%. So when they sell some and they lease some, the ones that they lease will help carry the debt for the next ones that they build and sell. And then they'll, you know, lease another 25% of the next phase that they're building to help service the debt for the next phase that they're going to build. And so it's the science that the way that they do it, it helps and it helps lower their carrying costs. So I thought it was amazing. And when they're out of the project, meaning all the units have been sold, they're going to have 25%, maybe let's say out of the 25% inventory, 20% is occupied, right? So they got a, I guess if we were doing math, that would be a 20% vacancy rate. They got 80% lease uh, and 20% and is vacant. Well, all those units are paid off. So that's free cash flow. And they got capital gains from the ones that they sold. So you're making money on the exit and you're getting cash flow on what you keep. And they own the association. So they're making money off that too. So, you know, I want to build a partnership with people that know what they're doing, people that are honest, people that are transparent. If you fuck up, admit that you fucked up. We'll find a way to fix it, but be honest. And, and you know, develop that team to where we can start building projects like this and areas that need it and the data says that they need it. And that's how you build real generational wealth. I also noticed this developer got a team. They got a person to sell inventory. They got a builder that builds it. Uh, they got a, they got someone that leases it. They got a whole, I mean, they got the association. It's just a lot of moving parts to make it a well-oiled machine. And they have built these office condominiums communities in Missouri City, Sugarland, Pearland, Katy, the Woodlands. Uh, uh, they got stuff going up in Humble. Um, uh, I mean, they got them everywhere. And well, so- How does it work? Oh, it definitely works. It's not just them, they got competition too. And so my deal is, hey man, you um, when you're trying to level up, you gotta take calculated risks and they gotta be bigger risks. I can't just keep, it'll take forever for me to get to where I wanna be if I just keep buying property and leasing them. Don't get me wrong, uh, you know, I, if, the, if the debt was cheaper, and we're around four or five percent, that may make more sense. But right now, hey man, to get the type of returns I want, I gotta build it. And I'm okay with that. It's about partnering with people that can get it done, right? Because I'm limited on time. Everybody's limited on time. I like that, man, because I do the same thing. Like when I started the roofing business, <clears throat> I did the same thing you do. Well, you did. I watched the bigger companies and how they operate. And I just copy and paste the same thing. You know, I see what kind of licenses they had, you know, how long they've been operating. I see where they get their workers from. I did the same exact thing. And it sounds like that's what that's what you did, Al. That well, that's correct? what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I think the product is different because they're doing small business commercial. Um, I think the financing to do the project's the same, but the asset that's being built is different. We're buying we're looking at building some, you know, townhomes that are sold and actually keep something for like a build a rent model. So, um, 
it's a it's a completely different deal because we're dealing with, we will be dealing with residential tenants where they're dealing with commercial tenants. Gotcha, gotcha. So the, the asset class is a little different, but the structure probably could be the same. Yeah, 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 absolutely. How you, how you got the building team? You got the leasing team. You got the, the some team that sells the actual unit. Now the construction team. So you got different teams, not not one company doing everything. Yeah, and and one thing that you know. Um, um, Byron, I haven't even really discussed this, right? You gotta have a legal team. I mean, does it make sense to do track uh track forms when property's been sold, or do you want a proprietary form um that's drawn up by an attorney that's in the seller's best interest, right? When those properties are being sold, right? Um, I don't I mean, I've never seen a builder that builds townhomes um use a track contract. I've never seen a builder that builds office condominiums use a track commercial contract. They're all proprietary purchase sales agreements that was constructed by their attorney. So yeah. you, you, I'm already thinking about the exit. What does the contract look like? I already have an attorney, by the way, too, B. That's pretty good at that. But, but you know, I'm already thinking about those things, right? I'm thinking, okay, well, does it make sense to have an association for the amount of doors that we have? I don't know if it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. It depends, right? Because uh, if so, what services are being provided, right? And so those are just things that you have to look at. But, you know, um, we're working on making sure the, you know, the contracts get dotted and we got a lot of feasibility to get done. But I think it's a real, uh, it's real interesting with all the components that are, that take all the components in the team that are needed to make sure the project's successful, right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. I like that. I like that. So we're still in the beginning. So how do you know if a business is worthy of a partner rather than doing it by yourself? What you thought about that, B? Because not all businesses need a partner. Um, not all businesses need a partner, but I, I believe that, you know, once you start reaching levels, this here's my thing, bro. I, I believe, you know, and, and it kind of just dovetails into some of the things that we were going to cover today, which is finding that niche, right? Um, identifying your, your, your superpower, right? I only have a certain set of superpowers and I only really, if I'm being honest, I really only want to operate in my own superpowers, period. The moment I start trying to stretch too far outside of the things that I'm really good at, you know, uncomfortable, not just uncomfortable, but I, that's where inefficiency start. I start meeting resistance. Right. And I'd rather just partner with somebody where that skill set is already something that they have a superpower in. Um, I've just found for me, for me, that just that dynamic just works a whole lot better. bro. instead of trying to force yourself into doing something that ain't necessarily your vibe, bro, just get with somebody where it's already their vibe and just figure out a way to make that work. Now, does that mean that you will not have to do things that you don't like? No, you still gonna have to do them every now and then. But I think, um, like allowing that to just like consume you when you could just partner with somebody, it's just a whole lot easier to do. My experience. Not easy. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I don't like doing all the computer stuff, all the, uh, ERM and all that. Uh, I'm good on that. I like that. <laughs> that ain't my thing, you know what I'm saying? Like in our stuff, that's what you do. I'm not that type of person. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm more of the like uh, what you, you got two different people with the visionary and the, what's that one? Yeah, integrative. I'm a visionary person. Yeah. You a you a integrated person. So a lot of people need to know the difference between the two and what what exactly are they are. Um, like a visionary has a vision, has a big vision of uh, thinking about things that other people don't think about. Uh, thinking about um different ways to do stuff. The integrated person is the person that do all the systems and stuff. That's what they enjoy. Every business needs a system. Most businesses, I would say probably all, need a CRM. You got to know how to actually follow up with these people. You know what I'm saying? That's what Byron do. I'm not good at that. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the most important, is to know the difference between the two and which one you fall in. I know some people are, are hybrids, but you got to pick one and, and maybe help out a little bit on the other side. So uh, that, I think that's the main thing about the partnerships. You can't partner with two people that's doing the same thing and expect it, expect it to blow up. Y'all just going to start crashing. You know, y'all both want to be the face. Y'all both want the popularity. Y'all both want to be invited to speaking events. Hey, it, it don't typically work that way. And I see that that happens a lot in partnerships, too. Like, two people want to be friends. They both want the spotlight. Yeah, it typically don't go that way. And that's, and that's when people start uh, separating because one person's getting all the attention, the other one's not. And it typically, you know, it sets yourself up for, for disaster. What's that's your take on that, app? Yeah, that's interesting that O'Neill says that, man, because uh, I agree. Like, I don't, I don't even like people knowing what I own, man. That's just <laughs> me, though, right? Yeah. Um, um, like, I, I, like, I don't, like, I don't, you know, people that I partner with, especially on the real estate stuff, I want them to have all the notoriety and the glory. I just want my cash flow, I want my equity, and I want my capital gains. I, they don't got to know a damn thing what I own. That's just me, though. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, and I've been going back and forth in this because a lot of people have challenged my way of thinking, and, I, and it's something I need to just really make a decision whether I want to do, but I've never really been big on trying to uh, grow a social media brand. But I do know that monetarily it makes sense to have influence, and monetarily it makes sense to have a brand. My thought process has always been have the relationship with the people that have the brand. And and if they know your worth and they know what value you bring, you can leverage their audience, lever leverage their influence for everybody's benefit, for their benefit and for your benefit, right? Now, in the insurance space, I have a hell of a brand. I'm a, the elite of the elite. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, like a, I'm less than one Good guy of one percent like i i know that and people in my space know that i'm elite so that's a whole different field but in real estate i don't have to have this large following uh people don't gotta know if whether i own one property or 100 it don't even matter it, it what matters is having true partnerships because relationships are your biggest currency and if you have relationships and, and respect and trust with people that have a huge following, a huge brand, they have ethics, they have integrity, they are transparent, they communicate. I would rather do that all day, right? Uh, then, then to you know, again have this huge following because you know that comes to a whole another set of of problems. If you get what I'm saying, that's a fact. Yeah, well, they come with a whole bunch of problems on yeah. all different angles. Now, that's what I'm saying. And so for me, I want to uh, have as less stress as possible. So some of those problems that come with having that influence and, and a huge brand and, and publicly 
everybody knowing who you are, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm cool. I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm good. I would say, uh, shout, shout out we got done in the building. Um, uh, I want to say from that brand perspective too, Al, and this is just something that I've kind of picked up on just to kind of give a little insight on that. Number one, I found that for me, this is just for me and for people that I've seen be successful um, in the brand space. I think documenting the journey from an entrepreneurial standpoint is the best way to do it. And I think, you know, um, you know, a lot of times when you're documenting the journey, number one, it's easier because you're not, you're not having to create anything. It's just, this is what I'm doing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like this, 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 this is what it is. Um, I think that when you, when you come from that perspective, it's easier to do um, because it just flows. The next thing is, I think too, you've had a lot of successes and your successes weren't necessarily documented. And I think that a disconnect is when you are trying to build a brand, people want to see, they want to connect to the journey. Person and the journey. Yep. Yeah. The person and the journey. And if, if they miss the journey, right. It's, it's kind of like, it, it's a weird. Is this fake or what? Yeah. It's this, yeah. It, it puts people I in a it. weird, huh? Yeah, I get it. That's, 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 that's like when we first met out. Yeah. We, we yeah. like, man, <laughs> this man know a lot, but shit. <laughs> I don't, and man, and man only got one pitch on Instagram. I, I know <laughs> I, Brian was Brian, Brian was heavy. I, Brian was, man, I don't know about that outcat, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was you. You had it bad in Leo. Leo had pictures on Instagram, just all African. We was like, ah, well, hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> It's scary in this, in this day and age, you know what I'm saying? But, listen, but I, I, I do I, believe I respect that because y'all was protecting your audience, man. I respect yeah. that you protecting your community, man. Nah, no doubt. That shit was hella funny though. But uh, for 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 me, I know initially, I don't like people knowing what I'm doing. I don't like people in my business because the more business you put out, the more people ask for stuff. That's a I fact. don't like people asking for stuff. So for me, I always been low key, but like 2018, 2019, I was like, I think it was like 18. I was like, man, I already know I'm quitting my job for the next two, three years. I'm gonna probably sell some education. I do want to do some speaking, probably in my 30s, because that's some easy money. That's five, ten thousand a month, maybe two, three hours of the month. I was like, let me go ahead and start recording what I do, so I got things to show later. That's what I started doing. But I really don't like posting on social media. I don't like people knowing what I'm doing. I don't like none of that. <laughs> I don't even like talking. Honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta do what you gotta either. do. I'm not a big talker. That's funny. It, and it's funny that me, me and oh, we are not big talkers. That's the that's the irony. Mm -hmm. I swear to like most people think that we are, but we're not. Um I just damn. be chilling, man. Yeah. Especially if you see me in public, I just be low key. <laughs> Sipping on a little drink, I'm just watching. That's it. That's it. Oh, I, I be I, I don't like talking on. I just be getting nervous. My my head starts sweating. My hands start sweating. Uh uh, it's not for me. But it's important that I know that, and I'm not trying to do stuff that I'm not comfortable. A lot of people do things that they're not comfortable with, and they suck at it. They think they're good at. It. You got to be open. You got to be open and honest with yourself. Yeah. What I am good at, I would say. And, and that's, that's 
performance. I know how to, to craft a good performance. I know how to create theater um, out of the things that I do. And I think that has always been my superpower in social media, because even though I'm not really, you know, that that's not really, <laughs> you know, my, my skill set, but I do know how to create theater. I do know how to make things look nice. I do know how to package things well. Um, and I think that that has helped me on the social media front, but beyond everything, I think documenting the journey is powerful. Um, if you ever plan on doing anything in the social media realm, starting exactly where you are, right? As small and insignificant as you may think it may be, you may be connecting directly with somebody else. Matter of fact, it's a higher likelihood that you're, you're connecting directly with somebody when you're starting that project from scratch and just documenting what's going on. You ain't got to be fancy. Yeah. You ain't got to have no fancy camera, none of those things. So I just encourage anybody who is looking to grow a brand and just start where you are and as humble as it is, I, I believe that you'll you'll connect with people easier because people like that authenticity. People like that honesty in your content. Um, so that's yeah, nobody like that. fake. Nobody like fake. People What's like fake on, too, Don? though. People do like fake too, though. People like fake and messy. Yeah, fake and people messy. don't like people don't like fake and real. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 If, if you fake, Don. you gotta you know. If it's fake, you gotta have some some drama or some mess now. That's a fact. Don, what's going on, man? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm I'm listening to y'all talking about partnerships. Yes, indeed. Talking about yes. partnerships, building an empire, you know, because in the empire. beginning, you're like, do I need a partner or not? The uh, partner can either help elevate you or tear your shit up. Oh, quick. Well, you know, um, when I first started, I I, I you had, had a partner. Yeah, yeah, it 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 didn't it didn't go right. I, I assumed that if we went to the same church, mm. so so what would, made your partner rather than uh, you doing it by yourself? Take well, it back to the of, beginning. Well, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know, and so uh, he he was strong where you where you was weak. Right, right, and I thought I needed a partner to get that. And and then I found out I didn't need the partner <laughs> to get that, you know, gotcha, gotcha. because because uh, there there are equity partnerships, and then something like what you know creative partnerships. Okay, so um, and, and speaking of big numbers, uh, Byron, um, you know, I never thought because I'm working on a deal now. I've been in an office building now for about five years. So I know, you know, I, I, you know, I know the problems of the building. I know what it has new, uh, you know, the new roof. I got, uh, uh, it, it has a, a bunch of stuff going on in this building. And, and then, you know, coming to your, to your course, you know, in Texas, you know, and then putting together a creative deal. Mm. Okay. So I never thought I would put together a deal that, you know, where I'm paying a million dollars for anything. Mm. Okay. But I had to partner with some folks that could, you know, that know, you know, they know cap rate. They know, um, you know, how to structure the deal. They know what to look for. I said, here's, here's, here's all the data you need. Okay. Here's all the data you need. Um, here's all the income. Here's, here's, you know, 
um, expenses. And they said, okay, what type of expenses? So they broke down the type of expenses that we need. I just sent it over. We got it back and we're working on the deal. All right. Got an LLC just for this particular piece of property. We're going to set up a bank account just for this piece of property. So I'm, so I'm partnering with all the people that do all the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, then the person who owns the building, the person who owns the building has another business. But they're good at keeping the building full. So they're going to stay on. As you know, to keep doing that and they get their office space for free. Mm. Mm. So they're going to mm. be uh, leasing the building up. Right. So they keep doing what they're doing. Because listen, do I want to learn how, do I want to try to learn all of that off the bat? No, I don't want to learn all over, that. Over I, time, slowly. Yes, I want to learn that over time. I can bring some, I can bring uh, an assistant on that can help learn that over time. Plus, you know, we're going to, um, from you guys, I said, oh, well, they don't want, they don't want capital gains. <laughs> so that, what does that mean? If they don't want capital gains, what am I going to offer? Payments over time. There yeah, you absolutely. go. <laughs> when did I, when when did I learn that? <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, ain't it? It's a beautiful thing. And You'll okay be surprised how many people don't. They cool with all the finance because Listen, nobody wants to pay more taxes than they have to. Especially exactly. people that have money, you know? Okay. And so what else did I learn? So I'm going to get the, so we're going to get the title. We're going to get the deed. We're going to get everything we need. I'm going to be, you know, making payments to the owner. And guess what? Some months down the road, I can put debt on it. Mm. Okay. Where'd I learn that? <laughs> <laughs> And, and then I'm going to take that money and go out and have a party. No, I'm going to take that money and look for another building, do the same thing. <laughs> Where'd I learn that? Okay. So, the, so I love it. I, I, I can learn what to do, but do I need to do it all? No, I don't need to do it all. So I'm, I'm building these creative partnerships, but they're not equity partnerships. They're not. They don't have anything to say about how I do my business. Mm. And that's what I had before. I had somebody who had something to say about who I do my business with. You know, we had to take a vote mm. on a business that I created. Oh, no. Mm. You know, because after I saw what happened to Steve Jobs, uh, we don't, you know, you can get voted out. To, you can get voted you out, voted your, own out your own stuff. What? That's a hell of a go, ain't it? <laughs> Oh, man, they did fire Steve Jobs, did he? Yeah. So listen, we don't want. So um, if I'm going to go into a partnership and become an equity partner, then we're going to have to have some years of history, not weeks, not months. So mm-hmm. How long did the partnership last? Until it doesn't. No, I'm saying your partnership. Oh, oh the, well, how long did that partnership last? Oh, yeah. way too long. Um, let's see. Um, about eight years. Mm. About Long eight time. years. Well, see, the thing is, the thing is, because um, because with my um, with my Aspergers, I don't always recognize. Um, 
how 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 people operate. I take things at face value. You can listen to somebody say something and you know what the undertone is. Mm. I don't know what the undertone is. If you tell me something, I will believe you till I can't believe you. But mm. if you know, you, yeah, go ahead. Not to cut you off, Don, but I want to highlight that real quick. I got to okay. highlight that. Because here's the deal. I remember I used to think, keyword think, that I could read undertones all the time until I realized that me thinking that I was reading undertones was me trying to play God and thinking that I had some special like vibe or energy. Yeah, ability to read people's motives through the things that they say. And, And I can tell you, Don, I actually did worse thinking that I was reading minds or reading energies, right? Instead of just taking people at their at face value and allowing their actions to dictate whether or not they could be trusted or not, right? And, and, and I say that to a lot of people because I, I hear people talk about energy and talk about vibes and all of these different things. And I'm not saying that those things aren't true. And I'm not saying that those things aren't real. But what I am saying is that sometimes you can cut off certain relationships that maybe be, put it like this. I've gotten bad vibes from people that I've done amazing business with, amazing business with. Um, I've had employees of mine, right? When I adopted a new mindset of just even, you know, and I'm not saying I get a bad vibe, but I'm saying I don't get the, 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 the the butterflies, you know, some people you meet and you immediately get the butterflies. You're excited. You're like, yo. And what I realized when hiring Sometimes people, that'd be the word people, yeah, like you can get butterflies <laughs> from a scammer. You, you, you can get butterflies from somebody. They usually give you the butterfly. Bruh, it's crazy. So now it's no butterflies. It's no emotion, period. <laughs> like, look, I just want to look at your actions over time. And I want to take inventory of the, the the facts that you give me. And then I make my decision based off that. Yes. But, and, uh-huh. and that's what I didn't do. You know, when people finally tell you who they are, I didn't believe them the first time or the second time or the third time. I would give people a chance. I thought maybe it would get better. Mm. It doesn't. Mm-mm. Okay. So when they let you know who they are, you need to make a decision quickly. ASAP. Yeah. And you can see who they are by the actions that they make. Exactly. They do, how they operate. Yes. Exactly. The actions will tell you everything. Like, actions speak so much louder than words, feelings, mm-hmm. emotions, vibes, energies, all of hey. those things. I'm just saying. People, they got some people that's some great talkers. Bruh. What they do, it don't lie. Make what you they feel talk. awesome. <laughs> My Jesus, we that's had, the ones you gotta watch out for. My G, we had a VA one time, right? And when <laughs> I tell you she was so good sounding on that phone, brother, man, let me explain something to you. She was so good, she was working for multiple. Ah, bro, we got on the phone, we got to listening to those calls, brother. She was making, bro, it was a completely different person. This person was a front person, oh. And when I tell you we got some good vibes, oh, the energy was off the charts, and we was just so the energy was. <laughs> Wrong, brother. And then I've had people, bro, come into the organization and I got zero vibes from them. 
because they just don't have that personality that just warms the spirit. But they, yeah. but but their actions are far beyond. What's your thoughts on that, Al? I got to get Al in on this because this is important because I hear about energies and the, the vibes and all of these things all the time. Um, and I'm not discounting those things, but I want to know, you know, wh what is your realistic take from a business owner who have done it successfully for years? What What's your take on that? Man, um, that's where our good legal team uh, come into play. When I go into a partnership, I'm really transparent. If I underperform as a partner based on your expectations, this is what's going to happen. And if you want to perform as a partner based on the expectations you set, this is what's going to happen. Uh, because I've been in partnerships before where I didn't have those protections. I didn't have that, hey, my debt position can turn into an equity position and dilute your equity in the partnership if you don't have the money to pay your half or if you are being more of the operational partner and you're not operating at a high level like you said you were and I was the capital partner, well, fine. I'm going to hire someone else that will operate it like they should. And since I got more money in the deal, my equity, some of it's going to be in a debt position that gives me the opportunity to convert that into additional equity to hold the operating partner accountable. Because at the end of the day, you know, I don't want my money in any deal where I don't have any leverage for people to do what they said they're going to do. My last resort is to ever take a partner's equity. That's not what I'm getting into the business for. I want us to prosper together. I want us to keep growing. I want us to do multiple projects. So that's like the last resort. Like we didn't try every other option and every other solution and none of them work. So now I'm going to have to use that leverage to turn my debt position into an equity position, dilute that partner, and then we hire somebody else in to get the job done because at the end of the day, if you, if you perform or you don't, right? And so that is something that I've learned um, by being in partnerships where I didn't have that leverage and was kind of just, you know, kind of stuck, right? And so, uh, and I don't have people having that same uh, leverage on me because I'm a man that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But everyone doesn't walk by that creed. Everyone doesn't have that philosophy. I'm going to figure out how to get something done versus saying, oh, I can't just do it. But everyone don't, you know, don't operate like that. And some people overpromise and underdeliver, to be completely honest. And so I always like that. To me, it's the carrot and the stick situation, man. I, you know, that's just how I operate now in partnerships. You just kind of have to, but it protects everybody. Everyone should have performance clauses in their operating agreement. Uh, especially if one partner has more capital in the deal than the other, then the other partner should be making up with that with expertise, skill, time, and things of that nature. That makes sense? I love it. So that, that's just kind of how I do it. I don't get caught up in all the energies and, oh, I did this and that, because that's cost me <laughs> Let money. Let the paperwork make the paperwork. Period. That business. cost me money before. Yeah, I love it. Uh -huh. What's your take on hey. that? Oh, you 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 into the you like the paperwork or the or the vibes and the energies? Where, where you in on that? Let's talk. No, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I used to do the vibes back in the day. <laughs> vibes don't be it. We all the vibes are, yeah. <laughs> the vibes will cost have. you a, a, lots of money. Lots of money. 
We've yeah, always done vibe, business with people we like yeah. and got vibes, you know? Yeah, because you got to realize all that vibes equals some bullshit. Because <laughs> they just want to they want to be cool, want to hang out. Man, we're not doing that. We're here to do business. So Facts. I'll be honest. I don't want to vibe with you. I want to make sure you can do what you can do. That's it. I don't want to. No, we're here to do business. We're not. Yeah, we could be cool, but let's focus on this business first and be cool later. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're here to do business. I want to make sure. You can do the job that you say you can do. Don't try to do my job. Do your job that you can do. I'm going to do the job I can do. We come together and we make this thing successful. I don't like when people try to, this is what we established in the beginning. You try to overstep and do my job. And you're not even doing your job. You know what I'm saying? So that's when, that's when things start to get twisted. Like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? So I like people that stand on their word, do what they got to do. And focus on their department. That's how the business becomes successful. Just like a football team, they become successful as each individual focuses on what they have to do. They come together as a team and they make it happen. Facts. You know you what I'm saying? We, when, when, when people want to do other people's jobs, that's when it go crazy. Like, what you doing? You know what I'm saying? You stepping on my toes. But go ahead, Don. I'm just saying, when you're hiring somebody, you can you can have a you can have a um a, a you know, a period where you're looking to see if if they're going to, you know, do the job right, you know, but you can't necessarily do that with a partner. It says, okay, we're going to partner for 30, we're going to partner for 90 days to see if it's going to work. You know, I, you know, you can do an employee that way, but how do you go into a partnership? How do you assess before you put your name on the dotted line. Operating wow. agreement. Operating oh. agreement. Absolutely. And, talk, to and, talk to us about that. Yeah, operating agreement. That that lets you look. So a couple of things, right? So because um, I want to make sure, you know, the audience, because you got operating agreements for like businesses that are operating and generating revenue. And then you have an operating agreement for an asset that maybe the business owns. They're completely two different things. So I'll just kind of speak for me for instance, right? If I'm going to go into a joint venture with, let's say, an existing asset, okay? One, I'm not investing in the uh, prime example, the deal that I have with TJ. I'll talk about that because those are totally two different things, okay? We have the asset, which is 13 units. He did a phenomenal job building it, construction, great job, uh, beautiful asset. Well, I knew TJ, but I didn't know TJ like that. But what made me decide to get into that deal, I studied him, but the deal is what sold me. The deal, I mean, our LTV, like 45%, man, on a, I mean, it's completely done. It's still at 45% LTV. Like, that was a hell of a buy. And he did a phenomenal job on the rehab. I mean, the rehab was more than the purchase price, right? Corner lot, like, man, that probably, it probably might be at 40% LTV. Like, that, that's a prime real estate right, that, right? Prime. That's a, a, a Man, prime. So that's one thing. The next thing is, okay, well, now, you know, you're running it as a boutique hotel. That's a completely different business. Right. And so that's a completely different operating agreement with different performance clauses. So 
because I mean, of running a hotel or a hospitality business is a business, and then owning the asset is another business. I think a lot of us get confused and put them all together as one, and they're not. Mm. Because you can always, you know, TJ, my brother, I love him to death, but I'm just like, hey, if you don't do a good job operating it, we can have somebody else do it. Yeah, you got it. I mean, that's just facts. That's it. So that should be in anybody uh, uh, operating agreement. It's when you're buying like a real estate asset and one partner is going to operate a particular business in it. What this, uh, um, I'm looking at another deal right now where I'm investing in the property. Uh, the land, it, it was 430000 for 5.3 acres, 12 lots. Out of that 12 lots, two of them were like 1.3 acres. And then you got a lot of small other lots, but it, it's basically 12 lots. And they already plotted out. You, we can replot it and make the lot smaller and put more houses on it. But that was a hell of a buy. Well, they want to do, um, I don't like to use the word, they want to do put foster homes on each lot. And it's in a situation where it's a high demand. And there's no, um, there's no association. It can be put there, right? And now you can build the homes on those lots to, um, you know, meet the specifications of whatever business model you want to run, right? So you got the you got the land with one existing structure and the ability to put nine other structures if you don't replot it, and then you have a whole another business where it's going to be, um, you know. Um, group homes and or assisted living facilities, which is completely different business models. So each one of those has an operating agreement. Um, um, and so that just protects everybody, right? And, and you know, you, you think of the worst things that can possibly happen and you have the attorney put it in an operating agreement or joint venture agreement, depending on how you structure it. And they're completely different things. I was actually pulling up. Um, I'm gonna show it real quick because you know I can't. It got it got some sensitive information in here. I don't want to just have it up there, up there like that. But you know, I was looking at one of my operating agreements. <clears throat> Make sure y'all uh, like and share the video, man. If y'all enjoying the content, I think yeah, yeah. This right. this is private information right here that I'm sharing. But uh, I just wanted y'all to see what uh, you know. This boy, is in Spanish. Got Spanish on that boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in Spanish. Spanish? Yeah, I redid it in Spanish because my the, the the partner that I'm working with doesn't speak English, right? Um, and so we did it in Spanish. Uh, um, and and basically done. I just want to kind of highlight that 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 operating agreement is with my partner in Spanish. And and for anybody who want to know how to do that, I just literally did the agreement in English, and then I turned around and sent it to ChatGPT and did it in Spanish. And ChatGPT does a phenomenal job at doing that. So if anybody's interested in in in, in the, you know translating that, this phenomenal tool. Um, but so that operating agreement, what I've learned is paperwork makes the paperwork every time. You don't have to have the best partners. You don't have to have the best. What? Okay, let me break this down. With with a good operating agreement, and somebody doing what they say that they're gonna do, whether they have good vibes, bad vibes, good energy, bad energy. I can, you can eliminate yourself with a good operating agreement. You understand what I'm saying? If you're not willing to do what we, we both agree is going to be the Westcock, similar to what Al was saying, 
look, let's just find somebody else to do it. Yeah, it's not me. Yeah. It's the paper. Yeah, yeah, it's the paper. We agreed that this is what we were going to do and how this was going to work. And if it don't work the way we, we, me and you, agreed that this was going to happen in good times, then, yeah, let's just, you know, it's cool. We agreed to this last year. We agreed to this last year. That paperwork is important, boy. Paperwork makes the paperwork. It ain't vibes. It ain't energy. It ain't Listen, it ain't none of those things. I know a lot of people like to lean on that. Um, but trust me, you let your vibes get you in a situation without some good with some bad paperwork and see how far that gets you <laughs> when it's time to divide assets or when it's time to make tough decisions. Now, I, I think since we're talking about scaling seven figure businesses, and you know, a lot of ways to do that is, is through fruitful partnerships. And you know, frankly, like I know, uh, I think Don mentioned Steve Jobs. Well, Steve Jobs partners I, at that time, I believe Apple was public. So when anytime you are running a public company, that means if you take a company and it goes public, you're more than well off. But the board has the ability to fire your ass if you're not uh, doing what you're supposed to do as, as shareholders. Right. Because, they, you know, obviously they got to make decisions what's best for the shareholders. So. Um, that I didn't draw a blank. I was I was I was making a point here. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. So when you're scaling a seven-figure business, whether you want to take it public or you're keeping it private, it's really important, too, to think exit. Because what happens when you start, uh, you got a seven-figure business and you start acquiring more assets, you got to start doing some estate planning now. And I'm not trying to really transition into the, the, to anything else, but I think that's really important because right now I believe the estate tax limit is, I think 13.5 or maybe 13.3 mil. So anything above that is taxed at 40%. So if someone has $30 million in assets, they get a little older and they want to make sure that those assets are passed to their kids. Or if someone uh, has a seven figure business with multiple partners and, and that business is worth 30, 40 million, you might not want to go into business with somebody else's spouse, somebody else's kids. So now buy-sell agreements become really important because if one of the partner passes, right? Do you want to go in, in, uh, uh, in the business with you know his wife that you ain't like the whole time y'all been partners? Or that his kids is going to come in and have a say on how the business is ran? Probably not. They don't even have no experience with telling you what to do. So I've seen it where a lot of high network uh, partnerships, because they have thriving businesses with multiple owners, they will structure the buy-sell agreement to where, you know, that partner is paid out or that partner's estate is paid out at whatever a third-party appraiser says the business is valued at. So whatever their equity is, that's what the partnership is going to be. That's what that partner's estate is going to be paid for the equity they had in the business because they don't want to go into business with whoever is running their estate now. And there are a lot of ways to fund that market value. So if someone has a $40 million, uh, a $40 million business and it's four partners, they basically have $10 million in equity in the business. One partner dies. The other three partners said, man, I sold on like such and such wife and his kids. They always, they, they, they ain't never been worth anything. Right. So they don't want to go in, in the business with the, with the, the, the widowed wife and the kids that are going to try to run the company. So they exercise something in the buy sell agreement to where they bought that partner's estate out or share out at market value at 10 million. 
Now that can be liquidated from the business or that could be funded through life insurance and a life insurance pays it, which is probably more cost effective to do. But those are conversations people are having when they've really been elite at running a business. It's multiple seven figures. You got buy sell agreements because you have to be uh, this because there's so many millions on the table. And now you decide, okay, well, how are we going to pay whatever that market value is? What's the most effective way to do it versus taking cash out of the business to pay a partner for their equity or share? So those are things that we have to think about once we start getting some serious assets. And you really got to make the paperwork play on that because it, it gets real, right? It, it ain't a big deal when it's 100 to 200,000. It's a big deal when you got, you know, eight, nine figures involved in different businesses. And that's so, the mindset that we should be having. Yes. I'm sorry. Go so, ahead, Don. So, El, can you talk to us about key man insurance then? What, what, what's that? Key man policy. Yeah. A key man policy, um, what function is someone that uh, is either the primary operator in the business. So you have, um, maybe let's say you got a sole practitioner doctor where that doctor is seeing 40 patients a day is a thriving practice, but he's the, he or she's the only practitioner. They might have like a, let's say a nurse practitioner, but they're the only medical doctor, right? So it would make sense for that clinic to have a key man policy on that doctor because if that doctor passes, that business is going to be devastated if they can't pay another doctor to go and replace that doctor's services. Or let's just say you have a key employee. Let's say you are a business owner, but you got a key employee. Uh, like, you know, let's look at America, right? Uh, you got a key employee that's very vital to your business. And without them, it's going to suffer significantly. And you're going to have to pay someone a lot of money to replace them. You can buy a key man policy on that employee or key person policy on that employee to where if they leave, you can replace them, but they got to have an insurable interest in the business, right? So um, that is very common place when you have someone that is that vital to the survival of the business. Oh, beautiful thing. Poor, yeah. This is good Big stuff. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, want, Big I, I want to pivot real quick because I, I feel like, you know, we've talked about how to partner and I and I I'm such a strong my my strong belief in my ability to do paperwork and my ability to 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 vet people's actions at this point in my entrepreneurial journey I'm so confident in my ability to do that that um I don't I don't worry I I, I want I look for great partnerships I, I actually I'd rather seek a great partnership because I know that if I can combine somebody else's talents with my talents, brother, we got we got we got just we got dual amounts of talent. You know what I'm saying? So anytime I can get a partnership, I'm I'm really I'm really looking to do that if I can. Now, only if it makes sense. If it's something that I, I can do as a solo effort, obviously I'm gonna do that solo effort, but um, but if I can do a partnership, that's even that's even more dope if and only if we could put, you know, utilize each other's gifts for expansion opposed to redundancy. Because anytime you have levels of redundancy, you're not you're not you're not moving forward. But I, I want to pivot real quick <clears throat> and talk about niche um, and, you know, because here's the deal. When you're looking to build a seven-figure business, right, you're going to need 
a specific space in the marketplace, right? And you're going to have to cre- create and craft a unique value proposition. You're going to need a, a, a specific niche that you particularly offer to the marketplace. And then you're also going to have to craft a unique value proposition, right? That defines you and sets you apart from any other competitor in your marketplace. And I think, just my opinion, I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially as I look at a lot of the people that I've come in contact with that that has never really, like, never really crossed that barrier into, like, extreme levels of success. And and the reason why I think this is so critically important is because I think we all kind of have a bit of shiny object syndrome where we want to be successful at all of the things at the same time. And that, that rarely happens. Um, a lot of times when you are new in a business, you got to be all in. So let's, let's look at Al for instance, right? Al started an insurance, right? And then little by little, he added businesses that were vertically integrated or didn't take him too far off his pivot where he's great at. Right. We started in wholesaling. Right. So, so when, when it came down to entrepreneurship and got, we're extremely talented in that space. Right. And now able to pivot into other, like other real estate ventures. Right. That, that kind of, allowed us to take those skill sets and then tack on new, new things to it. But let's not get it twisted. When we were wholesaling at a high level, right? That's it. That's all it was. It was, it was tunnel vision and we were extremely great at that. And so I think just my opinion, I think a lot of times when we're starting out and we're trying to do a whole bunch of things, especially when they're new, they're babies. If you can imagine a newborn baby, if you can imagine a newborn baby, how much time is that mother or that father spending to nurture that baby, to take care of that baby, to be there for that baby, to support that baby? How much time goes into that? Um, and a lot of us discount that you got to be all in on something. You you got to be all in on something in order for it to grow. You can't be halfway in on it. You can't like part-time it, half-ass it, wing it. No, 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 no. It it just it'll just be forever mediocre. Um, so I wanna I wanna pass that around because to see what y'all did, right? I look at Dunn, like Dunn is is singularly focused. And I when, when I tell you I have a tremendous amount of respect for how Dunn can singularly focus on that one particular space over and over and over and over and over. He can create content over and over and over. I believe that that skill alone is half the battle for most people, including myself, including myself. So I want to pass that around and just see like, what's your thoughts on getting that niche, finding that niche for yourself and then crafting that unique value proposition for yourself um, to be able to master that market and become great in an area opposed to just being average forever. I can start with that. Um, man, my passion has always been real estate. Um, 
I remember in high school, my uncle gave me a book to read, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it really changed my philosophy on just how I looked at things. And, and it changed it so much, and I think that book was so profound. It was really hard for me in college to, to really career path because I always knew I wanted to do real estate, and I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so keeping that mindset of knowing the difference between an asset and, right, and, and liability and understanding that all income is not the same, even if you're paid the same, it's taxed differently and it's treated differently. So passive income and profits will always out trump, will always out trump active earned income any day of the week. But it really putting yourself in a position to take advantage of being on that side of the equation where your income is not actively earned, it's passively earned, or someone's doing the work to generate the income for you, i.e. business owner. So um, once I left corporate America after college, and I was in corporate America five years, and I was working to, one, build up a nest egg, two, learn skill sets that was going to help me be a better business owner, from marketing to sales, conflict resolution, working in partnerships. There were a lot of skill sets that I learned in corporate America that I think helps me be elite in the space that I'm in now. So fast forward to that, um, you know, I brought my first real estate investment property in 2009. It was a bank owned foreclosure, paid 79,000 for a 1,912 square feet, two story home, four bedroom, two and a half bath. And that home was probably worth about 280 grand now. And it's free and clear. I get a lot of calls from wholesalers too, that shit's annoying. Uh, uh, but anyways, um, I took a pause on that, right? I brought that in corporate America. I transitioned into insurance and I said, well, it's going to be hard to be a lead at both. I don't think you can be a lead at anything at the same time until you've mastered, mastered the one thing you want to be a lead at. And then you start adding more nuances to your game or to your portfolio of companies. So for me, um, I locked in on insurance, man. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it for five years, man, like completely locked in. They said you need $10,000 to master anything. I, I completely subscribe and agree to that. And I actually think you need more if you want to be a lead at it. So I did that for five years. I didn't buy a single property from 2013. Well, that's a lie. I brought my home, but I don't look, that's not an investment. But I didn't buy a single investment property. Let me be more specific from 2017 until 2000 and probably, damn, is it 2020? Yeah, that, yeah, that's a long time. And then from there, I've purchased actively over a hundred doors from 20 until now, and then passively as a limited partner in different commercial syndications, I don't even know how much stuff that I own if we were to numerically uh, back into it. Um, but focusing on one thing and becoming a lead at that has given me the capital. It's allowed me to build the right relationships, learn from mistakes, and really giving me the reserves to make mistakes. Because some people get into partnerships or some people get into a business and they don't have any margin for error. My margin for error is extremely thick. Right. I mean, it's I mean, I, my margin is big that, you know, now, obviously, I don't want to use it, but that allows me to take more risk because I know I have a cash flowing, healthy business that I can always service that debt or borrow to pay off that debt. I just have a lot of financial options. 
and I have those options and I'm grateful and humbled and blessed for them. But I also understand that I have those options as well because I was patient and focused on the main thing to where it's the foundation is so solid. I can walk away from my business for probably six months and not have that much of a drop off in reference to performance. And that's how you know you have a business when you build processes, teams, and the results are going to be the results. It won't be too much of a standard deviation or delta from those results if you're not leading that organization on a daily basis. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That's pretty good right there. <laughs> you gotta you gotta focus on your main thing first. Gotta Got focus to, make sure you, Got to. Make sure you your main thing healthy. Now you you've earned the right to have a I like to say a wandering eye. Right, not in relationship to you know with, with God. I'm, I'm talking about businesses. I'm gonna make sure people in the audience know what I'm talking about. You've earned the right to have a wondering eye for other business opportunities, right? And 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 now it's about being selective and understanding what is integrated to what you're already doing or what complements what you're already doing, so you don't stay straight too far from the main thing. And so for me, I mean, insurance goes hand in hand with real estate, right? Uh, they both generate a lot of passive income. Uh, the real estate helps me offset my income from the insurance business. I get wealth from appreciation. I get cash flow that's taxed at a much favorable rate. Um, and obviously like to insure everything that I buy. So again, it's just vertically <laughs> integrated. One business helps the other, right? So Al, I got a question for you. So you built a you know, seven-figure business in insurance. What did that look like? You know, what did the work days look like? Did you have to tell your wife, look, we gotta sacrifice a little bit? I'll be working 10, uh, 12, 13 hours. We need uh, we need the real, man, because a lot of what? people want seven figure businesses, but they don't know the real that goes really behind it. <laughs> Cause you man, got a fam, you know, you got a family, a kid, a wife. So what did that look like? What did those conversations look like? What all that look like? Bro, a lot of hard work, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, man. There's just times to shit. My credit card's maxed to the tilt, bank account on fumes, wife mad because she was like, damn, you know, uh, I feel like, shit, I'm adding more financially to the household than you are, right? Those were real conversations we had, right? Um, um, you know, she, um, you know, when you, when you are combining a life, you obviously expect that things should be financially easier, and it wasn't. Man, we, I mean, bro, it was tight, man. We struggled. I remember the first qualification trip I went on. Uh, we was in Switzerland and we was in Paris, man. And we were in Europe for 10 days. And I think I may have had, man, maybe $3,000 the last 10 days in Europe. You know how hard that, how, how hard Ooh. that is to do? You got three dollars a day. You got three K. I know it's 300. I mean, but bro, you were in Europe. <laughs> And the dollar was weak at that time, so everything more expensive. And three hundred dollars a day—that's tough, bro. Bro, listen. And now the hotel. To be fair, the hotel was accomplished. It was paid for. The flight was paid for, but really more so everything else. And Switzerland. If if, if anyone ever gets the opportunity to go, man, it's so dope. But that's more expensive than Europe. They don't even like euros. They want Swiss francs, which actually at that time and still probably to this day. It's traded more than the euro. So a cheeseburger would cost like 60 USD, bro. One cheeseburger. 64 cheeseburger, USD. 
And it's me and my you wife. You had to buy so two. You got to buy two. Yeah, you 120 with the wife. <laughs> Yo. And you, look, and you looking at that burger like you think we can bust this joint? Yeah. We can bust this joint in half, yo. Wifey's never want water with lemon. They got to get a drink. Bruh, burger was trash. <laughs> and drink about that much out of it, oh. Uh, <laughs> can't bruh, say nothing about it. They charge you for water. Uh, You know, I'm, man, then we go to we, we go to a club. Go to, I mean, that, bro, three, three drinks over $100. Like, I mean, mm. so... Now, obviously, that's just yeah. I have perspective, though. I mean, we're what, what was those I mean, conversations like, though, uh, Al, with the wife in those moments? I, you know, I just said, babe, you just gotta believe in what we're doing, and more importantly, believe in me. And right, and she did. I mean, we just had tough conversations, but I, I, I learned as a husband and as a partner, I gotta do a better job of communicating where we're at and what the vision is and what our gotta goals and what we're. Yeah, you got to be, yeah, be honest. I mean, we weren't in a situation where bills weren't getting paid, but but we were in a situation where things were tight and she wasn't used for things of being tight because I made a lot of money when I was in the pharmaceutical industry. And mm. I gave that up, bro. I had a six-figure job working 20 hours a week and all expenses paid. I didn't. We didn't have internet bill. We didn't have cell phone bills. I mean, I would have so much food left over from, from you know, entertaining doctors at nice restaurants where... I mean, bro, it's it's just a lot of things that you pay for personally. We didn't have to because of that opportunity, but things change drastically when you go from, you know, the cushy job to being an entrepreneur, and now the results are on you. That's a huge transition from a mindset standpoint, mm. from a financial standpoint, and it's something that we just had to grow into and learn, you know, as a family, and you know, and I had to learn how to communicate better on. This is where we're going to be at year five. This is where we're at today. We're actually ahead of goal. You know, you might not feel that, but this is kind of what where it's at. Now, fast forward, my wife hadn't really worked in, bro, really about seven years. She'll, you know, she'll do something forbidden, you know, dibble and dabble and that, but she ain't, she, she, she's um she's kept, is what the is what people say. She's she's a kept woman, right? <laughs> but but it took a good four years of grinding, 12, 15, 16, 17 hour days. To get there, and listen, man, I, I'm in the top one percent. I'm in a tenth of one percent. Like out of twenty thousand agents, bro, I'm in the top fifty. So I don't know what that equates to mathematically, but that's the lead of the elite, right? It's only forty nine agents in the country out of twenty thousand that does maybe one facet of the business better than we do it, right? Mm. So, bro, I was on the call at six thirty. Already at the office. My work ethic has not changed. I'm actually more hungry today than I was when I initially started. That's just wow. how I'm wired. So it ain't just getting there and breaking through. Do you have the power to sustain it? Do you have the focus, intentionality, and the vision to sustain it? Because people get there and they get lazy. And it's really easy to have a sloppy business when you have a lot of revenue. You can overlook a lot of things. When things are tight, and you don't know how you're going to pay this bill. You're looking at every damn penny, right? Because it matters that much. But when you get super, super successful, that's when I people get lazy. And you don't look at every penny. And you're a little bit more laxed on your spending. And things that you would probably not entertain or things that you would probably not allow, you do because you got revenue coming in. 
So I always challenge myself. I'm more focused today than I was when I first started because I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to get my staff opportunity. I want to continue to empower them. I want them opening up multiple agencies. I want them to be a seven-figure earner. That's my mission. That's my focus. They know they're coming here to learn to learn, uh, to learn how to earn profit, not earn wages. It's a big mm-hmm. difference. They're getting paid a nice wage to learn how to generate profit, and that's what I teach them. But they know it's a three to four year commitment, depending on their ten thousand hours. If you're working forty hours a week, you might be here four and a half years because I need ten thousand hours for you to be really good at this. And some of you will be elite and some of you won't be elite. But when you leave my office, you know, good is probably some people's elite. We Mm. just have a different code and mindset. We want to be the standard, not set it. Right. And so um, I don't know, man, that's just really my mindset on it. But but I work more today than I did when I initially started because I have more people. I'm responsible for people realizing their visions now. And that's a different level of accountability it's a different level of responsibility, right? Yes, indeed. They say drop your info for the insurance. What is it? Uh, <laughs> what is it? Agent.com or something? No, nah, I mean, it's tell them this. Uh, I am me on IG, man. They can just do that. They hit him on IG. Yeah, send me on IG. Uh, He's been uh, posting the last two years. He, he real. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just hit me on IG. Yeah, I got a couple posts. I think my last post is maybe about a month and a half ago. But but you know, I'm here and I do check my uh, I do check my uh, my DMs. So I'll do that. And people that's interested, man, I'll I'll, I'll definitely uh, I'll reach out. But yeah, man, it's just I got the same fire that I had when I initially started. It's actually it's actually a bigger fire because now it's not about me and my family. It's about other people and their families. And helping them accomplish what they want to accomplish, and that's a whole level of that's a whole nother level of leadership. Is when you're developing people to be when you're developing leaders to be leaders. That's a whole nother accountability, man. That's kind of where I'm at in the space. I love that, man. That that was real, especially with the <clears throat> three thousand dollars in Switzerland, man. Three hundred dollars a day don't that don't go far in America. So I can only <laughs> imagine six dollar burgers, man. My yeah, especially, especially with a wife because they like. $300 mean they don't care. Well, and here's the deal. That was our first trip this 2014. Keep in mind, I opened up in 2013. And, you know, we're going out to eat with dinners with people that's been in the business 8, 9, 10, 15 years. Mm. They got plenty of bread. They buy five, $600 bottles of wine. They just... Shit. And you over there looking at that burger like, man, I look... look. Yeah, it's, it's just, listen, listen, it's I hope level. we can make it. Listen, it's not Jesus. Man. It's levels and everything, right? And I mean, hell, there might be people now that, you know, I'm trying to inspire to get to them where, you know, something that's a big deal to me and a big deal to them is just, it's levels to everything, right? And so it was, I was humbled to be there and earn that opportunity, but I also understood I had more work to do because, you know, they spending down there a whole 10 day budget in one dinner. You see what I'm saying? So it's what, just what did that do to you mentally uh, by being at the table with all those people that, that, at the time, I'm guessing they was at the level where you wanted to be. What did that do yeah. for you? For me, it was inspiring and motivating, man. I don't, everyone has their own race. I'm not really comparing what others are doing to where I'm at, but I'm asking how they got there. That's an opportunity for me to learn, hey, man, you've been there, you know, 15, 16 years. How'd you keep doing this consistently? How do you perform at the way that you performed with that consistent level of excellence? So for me, 
it's like, man, it's, it, it's like a mastermind that I earned the right to be there from production. I didn't have to write a check to be at the mastermind. And now I'm at the, I'm at the table with these people. I'm spending 10 days with these people. Now, I, obviously, they were doing things that I couldn't afford at that time. But we had conversations at the bar. We had conversations at breakfast. I was soaking it in. So next year, I can have a little, a little big, a bigger budget, but reach where they're at faster and sooner. And that's kind of what it was about. Right. Nice. I don't, so you took I don't, advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, it's always an opportunity, man. When someone is where you want to be, don't count their money. Don't count. Don't um, don't evaluate their race to your race. Ask them how they got there. Ask them what they did. Learn from their how they won. Learn from their mistakes. Right. And if you do that, you go execute what they are recommending. Or fine tune some of it. Um, cause sometimes you get info that's not relative, but again, if you're looking at that as an opportunity to get better and you execute the feedback you get, you will get better. You're at a table with winners. And when you're at a table with winners and they consistently win, they're doing something right. So get, find out what that recipe is. You may be able to sprinkle your own ingredients in it, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, um, follow the plan, execute the recommendations, and then your race will be your race and your time will be your time. I like that, man. I like that. Let's go die, man. What that what that what that look like for you? If you was married at the time, I'm sure y'all went through some struggles with it. What did the real look like to to get to a seven figure business? Well, listen, when you get to that point where you're trying to niche down, like you you know, you're talking about, um, especially now you're talking one side, you're talking insurance, which is a known quantity. But when you're trying to niche down on something where you you're building a disrupting type business. I mean, nobody else is in it, all right? They haven't heard of what you do. And now, not only do that, you have- That's not like, that's way harder. <laughs> listen, man, we're, we're answering questions about finance people don't even know to ask yet. Mm. So that's, that's kind of where we are with developing and helping people to, um, it's, 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 it's a thing when, you're trying to teach people something that they think they already know because all the information out there about lending amortization amortization schedules and um, you know how loans and mortgages actually work people assume because nobody else is bringing any new information to the table they know all they need to know and so when you start breaking that thing down so there's there's at least 20 different things to consider when you're looking at this. And each one of those 20 or 30 different things have subcategories so that you can not only understand, you need to understand that, but you need to spend the time, that 10,000 hours that he's talking about, to become an expert in your, in your area and an area that nobody else recognizes that they need and you're an expert in something that people don't think they need. So now, what do you do? So we we go on, you know, you, if you if you go and buy our our um, YouTube channel, you see that we have all kinds of information about something that people thought they already knew. Okay. So now when so when you're niching down and, and you're trying to build a business off of that. That's a little, that is a little bit harder 
But I tell you what, once you get there and people start understanding, and here's what here's here's here's, here's something that's that that's amazing. People have told me no about what I do five or six years ago. And then they find out I'm still in the same business because they didn't think what I did actually worked. <laughs> and now they come mm. back, you know? And then they have to hear that song, Yesterday's Price. Ooh, not today's price. It's Ooh. not today's price. <laughs> Man, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Yesterday's that, that, price you, you is not your today's head, man. price. Five six years ago, you told me it was, you told me it's a thousand. It ain't a thousand. So not only so not only we are are we teaching people how to borrow money cheaply, we've developed another business inside that business, a coaching business. So we mm. coach our clients in ways that other people do not. In ways that uh, a um, um, an investment counselor cannot. A way that people who um, are certified uh, financial planners cannot help their clients. We so when they when they talk about Don, I want to get this. I want to get a building. I need a new car. Um, should I pay cash? Um, should I borrow the money? And now we have to go against conventional thinking, and you have to show them the numbers to back it up. So a lot of time went into building those examples so that when people ask you a question, you're not just talking. You're not just um, um, making it sound good. You show them the numbers and you tell them anybody else that's talking about finances, they ain't showing you the numbers. Don't believe it. It sounds good. But people lie. Numbers don't lie. Facts. Okay, so now we're talking about um, a business that nobody really that nobody's heard of, but is definitely necessary. So because we spend way more money on interest than we need to way more money on interest than we need to. So now what do we so what do we do about that? So we're teaching people how not to do that. And then it begins to catch on. But in the early days. Oh man, it was lean. It was way lean, and we had we had those conversations. Um, but just the other day, my wife said, "I so appreciate the fact that you stuck with this." <laughs> you know that that's beautiful, man. When I hear like, listen to me, that this feel thing, good. That is beautiful. When you when, here's the thing, he mentioned a couple key things that I want to I want everybody to pull out. Shout out Drop Shipping Queen in the building as well. Um, it was a couple of things. He said five years later, I want everybody to kind of pay attention to this. Five years later, people came back and found out that I was still in the same business. Right. Some of them probably did business with him just because he was still in the same business, preaching the same message. A lot of people be thinking that this is a, a overnight thing and thinking that people ain't interested in what you got to offer uh, uh, the first day you drop it, then you just give up on it because it just don't work. No, no. Listen, this is years, years of putting in that work, years of showing up for people, 
And here's the thing. It ain't just about showing up. You have to learn from the mistakes, learn from the things that people don't like, fix them, resurface that same plate. So Byron, I, I took that personally. If somebody said no, I took it personally. I, I, I said to myself, I didn't explain it well enough. Facts. I have to go back to the drawing table and find different ways to make this information relevant to these people now. You know, we had a we had a uh, I had a conversation, matter of fact, with my partner in the construction side of things. We had a we had a mishap on our we failed an inspection. Uh, to put it plainly, we failed an inspection, um, but we failed the inspection because we. They didn't even do the inspection as to what we were, what they needed to inspect. We were supposed to do windstorm and firewall. They just bypassed and was like, no, we fell in the inspection because you didn't get your elevation certificate from the flood department. And this was extremely frustrated. I got frustrated. I probably said had some choice words for the city at that time. And I'll be honest, you know, my temple, but my temple set up sometimes. <laughs> Anybody who know me know that that temple can get the best of me sometimes. But at the end of the day, um, I was talking to my, uh, my partner, um, you know, and contractor and we were saying, man, the city playing games, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, right. The city going to be here, whether we do this project or not, they ain't going nowhere. They're not going nowhere. And us not figuring out a way to, to conform to what they want us to do, whether it's messy, unorganized, it doesn't matter us trying to get them to conform to what we got going on. is just like you going to a baby and asking a baby for rent money. What I look like going to a baby done and saying, Hey man, what's your, uh, can you, can you throw in on this rent? Uh, that, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. It's not happening. Nope. And so I, I highlight that to, to, to say this at the end of the day, right? Extreme accountability tweaking those things, dialing in on those things and making them better over and over and over and not blaming other people. You, the moment you get in the habit of blaming other people for not enjoying or appreciating your product is the moment that you're oh. stuck. And all of those, those 10,000 hours we were talking about are worthless because you you're not getting better. You don't get better doing that. You don't get better. Listen, I, to tell you the truth, um, it, it, and, and I know this is going to be like an oxymoron, but in all humility, when it comes to mortgages and amortization schedule, I'm the foremost expert on the subject anywhere. I'm Period. the only one that has a book on it. You would think there would be books on how to read and understand an amortization schedule. There's 30 there's 33 million titles on Amazon. Mine is the only one that talks about what I talk about. Isn't that wow. something? So That's I'm amazing. the foremost expert on this. And then what's real, sometimes it gets frustrating when you know you can help somebody and they think, no, I got it. You know, that they, 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 you know, you, you get that. I've been in this business for X number of years. And if I don't already know it, it doesn't exist. You get that a lot. I love but then it. You, then you got to go back to the drawing board and say, listen, how can I get this person 
to see that there's something else, how they're, how they're leaving money on the table. What did they tell you? What did they say that gives you a clue as to how you can help them? You know, you while we're talking to about that. talking and start listening to your clients. I love it. I love it. I definitely got to get Dropshipping Queen in on this conversation. But before we do, you actually help ET, ET actually utilize some of your strategies. And, you know, and, and he was able to get that savings and earnings report at some point, I'm sure. And uh, uh, I want to highlight that for a quick second. I want to highlight that. Do, let's let's hear what ET said about what Listen done. Y'all, but one of his mentees took us through one of their programs and I paid off my mortgage. But guess what happened? My marriage went to a whole nother level. And you know why? Because my wife is a security freak. And even when I blew up, my wife would be like, oh, you blew up, but how long is you gonna keep making this kind of money? I was like, I don't know, forever. <laughs> She's like, you sure? Because I'm gonna keep my license as a nurse, just in case you don't. <laughs> so when I paid the house off, my boy was like, you ain't gotta do that, you can do this. But when I paid the house off using that program, it took the stress level all the way down from my wife because we no longer had a mortgage. Yeah. Does that make sense? That thing that was coming every month that was getting on our nerves, we didn't have that no more. And so she was at rest. I want to thank E.T. because he done sold a whole lot of programs for us. Thank you, E.T. <laughs> I, bet. Uh, I bet he have. Listen, and if you want to get your savings, and your free savings and earnings report, make sure that you go to ice10k.com. That's ice, just like ice, water. You know what I'm saying? 10 k dot com and check that out i mean it's free right and see if don can help you um get that debt at a much 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 cheaper price regardless of the interest rate that you go into that deal with but listen i gotta pivot because we got drop shipping queen in the building oh hello you know what i'm saying hello? let's, let's yeah. not act like this is a regular experience let's not do that Listen, drop shipping. What's your take on? Okay, here's the thing. Dunn just mentioned how he needs down in a completely new marketplace, uncharted territory. That got to be scary, right? Because you're 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 building something that's that's unique, that's specific. Nobody knows about it, and you're trying to pioneer this new business. And I'm sure you've been in a similar space. Um, not quite the same because what you do is a little bit more, you know, we have other examples of it, but what would you say um, it was like dialing in on what you wanted to, to accomplish when that, when that business got started and what were the, the, the things that you had to tell yourself in order to keep on focus? Well, let me just let me just say this. I had to come tap in when I seen what you all were talking about, because I right now I'm in the midst of a huge rebranding and relaunch with my e-commerce brand. Mm. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the evolution of technology and the advancements in technology. 
Um, I heard you all talk about team building. I've been a one man army for a long time. And so having to expand my team and network among, beyond what I'm usually comfortable with. And so a lot of the things that I've been currently, I'm talking about now, not what I told myself when I started right now, let's bring it to the present. What I'm telling myself is, is that I have to be open to the change. And I not only have to be open to the change, I have to adjust to the change. And one of the big things that I'm doing right now is I am incorporating the use of AI technologies and AI strategies to fully automate my business from an e-commerce and real estate standpoint, because I'm also a buy and hold, a private buy and hold real estate investor. I'm, auto, I'm fully automating those businesses using AI on a front end and on a back end. And for me, what I've had to do is adapt. I've had to do a lot of unlearning and relearning in the process. Um, I've had to expand my team, which is an investment, had to hire one more people, uh, purchase more software, equipment. There is a whole evolution that takes place when you're an entrepreneur, when you're looking to scale and grow your business to the next level. And for me right now, being able to stay focused, the only way that I'm able to do that is because I, I, I know my the vision is plain. I've taken the time out to write out my vision and make it plain. And now all I have to do is walk therein. And so staying focused for me is me knowing that at the end, knowing what the end is going to be. And I have to and I have to get there. And I, a lot of people, they look at how daunting a task may be or they look at all of the work that they have to put in, not realizing that faith without works is dead. And if you don't do the work, talk you can't about it, out the results you don't get. Mm. <laughs> mm. And so that's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm at the point where I, I like people in my community, people that I work with, people that I rock with, they know how I operate. I will shut whole operations down to make sure it's done the correct way because I'm not the type of person to like to go back and do this over and over again. I don't like to keep more. I want to keep progressing forward. And sometimes you got to pivot. You got to let people go. You got to transition. You got to shift. You got to move a little faster. Sometimes you got to slow down a little bit. You got to recalibrate. You got to reorganize, rethink. There's so much that you got to do when you're doing what we do as entrepreneurs. And again, one of the things that you have to do, especially in this day and age, is adapt to what everybody is doing. Everything is technology driven. AI is being implemented in everything that you do. You can everywhere you go right now, there is an AI tool that you can implement to help you become more efficient and more effective as a business owner, not just an online business owner, because just like you said, I'm very niched. I'm in e-commerce, but this is across all markets. It doesn't matter what you do in business. When you are looking to scale and grow, bringing on other systems, expanding your team, changing your procedures, your policies, your processes, implementing things, it's necessary in order for you to get to where we're talking about the six and seven figures. You're not going to get there 
if you don't do some of these things. And so I had, you know, I had to come in and tap in. I said, because my brothers is up here talking a good talk. This yes, week. indeed. Yes, indeed. And I said, absolutely. You know, so it's, it's, it's a method behind the madness. It's definitely a method behind the madness. But like I heard Don say, you know, you have people out here like himself. You know, he is what he's talking about doing. He's revolutionizing his industry. And that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to bring in with the use of virtual stores and virtual reality and drop shipping. And I'm looking to revolutionize what I do. Mm. And in order for me to do that, it's you, it's levels to it. You, you, and you gotta be willing to get in the mud. You gotta be willing to get dirty. You gotta be able to, you gotta be willing to get down and get to work in order to make it happen because this shit just don't happen by mistake. Mm. You know, it just don't fall out the sky. It's not just put in your lap. You know, when you are provided a blueprint, you got to follow the blueprint. And when you follow the blueprint, you come out with a masterpiece. And that's, mm. that's the time that I'm on right now. Step on them toes then. Report the news. That's all. Y'all just know I'm just reporting. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Step on them toes real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step on all of them. You got to stomp on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step on all you know them toes. Stump on your Listen, I because listen, y'all know one thing about me. I tell people all the time. People love the idea of success. Mm. They love the the idea and what it looks like and what it could possibly feel like to be a six, seven plus figure earner, right? But very rarely do they really want to put in the work that they have to put in to get there. Mm. We, I got to fight with people to read and open emails. And so you got to understand that, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to go and do certain things when we are still trapped in, I feel like we're still, some of us are still trapped in our, with milk around our, our mouths. It's time to grow. It's time to elevate. That's the milk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They got milk around that barely off the porch because again, people want things spoon fed to them. People want, you know what I'm saying, every little thing given. They don't want to pay for things. They don't mm. want to invest time. They don't want to invest resources. They don't want to, they don't want to do anything. They want someone to give them the blueprint, show them how to do the blueprint, put the blueprint together for them, and everything like that. And again, they don't understand that it takes work to do these things. Byron, O'Neill, Don, y'all, we ain't get to where we go and just been sitting here talking about this shit. <laughs> We, we, we didn't Absolutely get here right. just to sit here talking about it. You got to do it. Wow. Put that work in. A lot of people want to be successful without putting the work in. Where, where does that Basically mentality saying, come right? from? Uh, I want, like, why do people think that you just you just show up and <laughs> you supposed to it. just get blessed with opportunity, blessed with money, and just be in certain rooms? <laughs> like, where does that mentality come from? I don't know. I, you know what? For me, I don't. I think you know that mentality. Um, it, it comes. I think it goes all the way back to to a person's childhood and the way they were raised. It gets way deeper than what I think the average person realizes. And when you are, you know, when you grow up and you're you're cultivated in a certain environment, and there are certain things that you don't know. Um, I feel like it it stops you 
from even being open to those things. So you're not you're not aware of them when you come in contact with them. And because you're not familiar with it, you reject it when you see it. And mm. so I think that, you know, a lot of times we have just gotten comfortable with handouts. We have mm. gotten comfortable with people, you know, having that um, crutch you know, for us, I would like to say like maybe a ram in the bush and sometimes those time, those things are necessary, but we got to stop. I think we hurt ourselves. We hurt our community so, but so much because we will give something to our people before we make them work for it. Mm. And that mm. is what has, that's what's, that's what's taking place. You know, they, they can go out into the government and get assistance. You know, they can kick the, the, you know, the man out the house and, you know, and, and get, you know, the, the help that they feel like they really need, which, uh, which stagnates them, stop them from going for what they really can go for and reaching their full potential. And now we're dealing with a generation of people that want you to just get them shit. Mm. <laughs> and that's just what we are. I love it. Listen, we got Sadio in the building. Sadio in the building. What's going on, Sadio? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to the BOB. Yes. Um, <laughs> as always, I am thankful um, for you guys. You guys are a blessing. I've always, you know, been listening to you on Clubhouse and now over on uh, YouTube. And I always make sure whether I'm, I'm here live or if I miss it, I always restream the show. And so I encourage everybody to, to like, hey, click, share, subscribe and all of that. And, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for you guys. Um, you guys have covered such a wealth of information today that it's hard to <laughs> to know where I have so much thoughts on it. But I'm going to just jump into one of the... Um, um, the things that uh, Don had talked about just a few minutes ago um, that tends to be a pain point for a lot of individuals, which is deciding whether or not uh, a business venture or a business idea that they they wanted to jump into, whether or not it's worth sticking to it. How do you, you know, when you're in those dark moments where you're not seeing the fruit that you expected at the same time, how do you know whether it's, you know, maybe it's just, just a bad idea and I should move on and, 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 and direct my energies elsewhere or whether or not this is a situation where I, if I stick to it enough, the fruit is going to bear later on. Um, one of the things that, you know, we are fortunate to be living in the age of AI at the moment where we can actually get some answers to those questions up front. We don't have to kind of guess anymore. So you might have, just like um, Don did, he might have stumbled onto an, a business idea that he thinks is great. One of the things that we have access to do now is market research, right? Um, which, has, which was not something that was readily, readily available to the average individual. You have to have some know-how, you have to have some skill and, or, and, or you have to pay, you know, a professional to go ahead and do that. And I'm not saying that, you know, you still don't, don't, don't do that. You don't seek professional guidance, but now we have tools. So I want to talk about a free tool, you know, which is chat GPT is available to everybody. It's on everybody's uh, phone, you know, www.openai.com. And you go ahead and you get you a chat GPT account and you can start doing, you know, asking questions to do um, some preliminary market research um, about your subject. So if I'm done, and I wanted to do, um, if I have a business idea that I wanted to see if it was viable, I would ask, first of all, what is the projection uh, for the industry that I'm in? 
you know, what is the overall projection in terms of, um, you know, uh, market, market size, market trends for whatever industry that I'm in, if it's hair, you know, what's, what's the, what's the projected, um, you know, trends for the hair, you know, the natural hair industry um, in the future to find out. And, and what you'll get is it's going to give you a dollar amount for the market size that is projected to be in the near future. Okay. So now you get the market size there. Well, I'm interested in, uh, you know, uh, doing a business related to natural hair for, you know, you know, 50, to, uh, 30 year old to 50 year old, you know, how viable is that? And it's going to give you, you know, a general idea of what that, you know, uh, market avatar is. And you can then again niche down and ask more and more specific questions with regard to your industry. And you are going to get a fair idea as to whether or not there is a market uh, for that for that uh, idea. It's gonna give you um, an idea of you know whether or not it's a large enough for you to address in your area, or if it's gonna be online. It's gonna give you the answer to those questions. Is um is what what I'm saying. And, you know, that is one of, you know, a very small uh, part of, you know, a whole entire like uh, branding and market research exercise that everybody can do for their individual business. I love that. Maybe I love that. For, you. for the people that's looking to grow a seven figure business, do you think AI is needed to be a part of it now since AI is a new thing? It is critical. It is critical. And one of the things that I always like to point out is that it gives the small business owner the same information and resources that the Fortune 500 guys have already had. You know, mm. they've had a legion yeah. of people that they've, uh, you know, employed to give them all this information. Now that same information, all the best practices are available to you as a small, um, small business owner. All the resources are available to you as a small business owner. So you now have a leg up and you have the opportunity better than ever in history to be able to make those seven figures just as a, um, a solopreneur even. Sadio, uh, O'Neill, do you mind if I, I jump in and Please. give an example of exactly ahead, what ahead. you guys are talking about? Um, so yeah. Sadio um, and I have been working together, you know, in multiple different standpoints um, with her company, AI Vantage Consulting, to help me do exactly what we're talking about doing. Um, I have been blessed to, you know, to with my e-commerce brand, have scaled that to a seven-figure business. And I was in the process of looking to change my customer avatar. And I also wanted to create a product to where I can incorporate my business into Fortune 500 companies. And in order for us to do that, we, we used AI to help me create a product that I can deliver to these corporations that will allow them to incorporate not only the use of drop shipping and e-commerce into their brands, but more so importantly, the use of virtual stores. And so with AI, we were able to create a product that has now not only added on another stream of revenue for me, 
but a seven plus figure stream of revenue because of the price points and the in the depth of research and the statistics and everything that we were able to find and the needs that we were able to find, the pain points we were able to find in order to create the product that we know they need, we know they can afford, and we know without a shadow of a doubt they can use and not only implement into their own business, but use it to help them create another stream of income. All that we did with AI, this is a product that is a six-figure product in itself, just one product that we were able to create with AI. Wow. That's amazing. We actually going to be dropshipping. We're going to have to have you back when we have the Next AI. week? Yeah, next week. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to oh, we both of y'all. Both of y'all, we need y'all in the building. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, because yeah. AI. Bring y'all friends, y'all AI friends. Yeah, we got to have that conversation. Well, you know, NVIDIA is one of the hottest stocks from what I'm hearing. Um, Period. Like, Which, I mean. They, they own AI, some AI stuff? Yeah, so so NVIDIA owns ChatGPT, right, uh, Sadio? No, they own the chips that the chip. all the AI large language models are being made from. Yes. So nobody can do anything with AI without using their software. Mm. So we need to go ahead and buy them stocks. Yeah. What's the what, man? Text me the ticket, man. I'm Absolutely. Be, I'm not a good. I'm not a stock guy. I just be buying stuff and trying it out and hopefully it do something. Hopefully I just buy it, it and just. I just buy it and keep it. I don't like. On yeah, I'm gonna put Hopefully. some money into it. I'm gonna do that today. Well, if you do I bought Tesla stock about two, three years ago, them things going through the roof. Oh yeah, yeah. Tesla's Anything crazy. in the AI industry, of course, you want to make sure that you're paying attention to, you know, the company and looking at, you know, their progress and what they've been doing and, and things of that sort. But AI is the future, and what Sadio and I are doing is not only are we, because you know, again, I'm in e-commerce. But our focus is to revolutionize not just businesses in general, but the way you do e-commerce using AI strategies. And again, with the implementation of these things, you go from the days, the weeks, and the months of time that it took you to curate some of these things, the hundreds of, or not thousands of dollars that it took you to invest in these systems, you can now get it, get it literally with the speed of a thought within the matter of minutes and seconds using AI. And so to me, you know, we're in a, a time that where, you know, we need to start implementing these things because, you know, the truth is, Byron and O'Neill, even with what you guys do in real estate, I mean, there are so many different ways that implementing AI would help automate some things for you all that will take off some of the physical workload of the work that you all have to put in so that way you can just focus on doing what you guys really want to do, and that's acquire assets. And mm. so, 
you know, us coming back, you know, if we come back next week, y'all already know, you know, how we do, you know, we definitely going to come back with the sauce. But Sadio can even right now, as we speak in real time, in less than 60 seconds, produce a product that will be able to help solve a problem right here on the spot. That's just how fast AI can help people scale their business, help people solve problems, help people scale and add on different products and different things that they can offer, whether it's a service, whether it's a digital product or whether it's a physical product, AI can help take you to the next level. And that's not, that's not debatable. Mm. I like this. So I got a question for you ladies. I don't have a question. I have an act. Since we got this show coming up on Tuesday, you know, all these different things you're talking about, I would like it. I'm sure the audience would like it. If you guys can share, like, some of the things you're talking about, like, you know, share your screen. We can actually see what exactly you're talking about. I, yeah, we'll really be able to do now. that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We actually, actually yeah, we... We can definitely. Uh, we will show. Um, we will show a. We will show uh, a, 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 a AI tool that we created mm. for the dropshipping dynasty. Mm. Listen, it's gonna. Like, you are mm. in for. Yeah, in for a show next week. Alive. Listen, y'all are gonna be in for a treat. We are gonna show you all in real time. In 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 real time, a product like she just said that we created. For the dropshipping dynasty, which is my brand for my e-commerce uh, business, where we are now going to be able to, like I said, take people who are looking to get into this business and with one product, be able to provide them everything that they need to start, grow and scale their online business to seven plus figures and my beyond. Team. It's a forever evolving unlimited amount of growth mm. that you can have with AI. And next week, when we come back, we're going to be sharing screens and we're going to show y'all in real time. We're going to have, mm. gonna, listen, I'm going to have my AI introduce her to y'all. She's mm. going to introduce my, uh, my AI. Enough. Listen, my AI that we created, her name is Emerald. And what mm. we're going to mm. do is we're going to have is. her introduce herself to you all and she's going to tell you all what she's able to do for you. Not M. That's a fact. Yep. Heavy on the air, please put respect on her name. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I, I want to go ahead and try this thing out, man. Yeah. I want to see, see what it could do. You know? Bruh. And, uh, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure it's gonna help a lot of people because I use uh chat GPT the other day to make a whole roofing report. I felt I felt good. Though. Yeah. Damn. Make you feel smart, don't it? What? I said, man, I said, what she thought about this? It's a beautiful, I think so too. Thank you. Can you just give them just a little snippet? Because, you know, we're amongst, you know, we sit, a, you know, even though I'm in e-commerce, you know, we sit amongst people who are heavy in real estate, heavy in the credit space. And since, you know, I know that you all, you two specifically, O'Neill and Byron, are in real estate, um, just without even showing them, because like I said, we'll dive into it more next week. But a Sadio, can you just give them a little snippet of what AI can do for them like right now today and what they're doing in their business? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I am, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run through an example of um, from ideation to closing of like a creative finance, you know, uh, 
you know, process flow, right? Um, and we're going to use the cheapest, you know, uh, you know, AI that's free. You know, you don't need to buy anything. All of this, what I'm going to be talking about is completely free. All right. So to identify potential areas for investment, you can use uh, GPT to generate a, a list of uh, questions for market analysis to understand which areas are right for investment. Um, it can also uh, help drive, uh, draft surveys or questionnaires for, for local real estate agents or property owners to gather insights on market conditions. Here's another thing you can do. Uh, if you already kind of have an idea of an area you want to invest in, and maybe you have a threshold for the, uh, the, the, the highest price of a building that you, you would like to buy, you can say, okay, in the state of Michigan, um, uh, identify areas where the, where the, uh, the median high um, home price is $60,000. Then when you do that, it's going to give you a list of areas in Michigan, $60,000. You can look into that and see if that is an area you want to invest in. If, if you want an area where it's $60,000, but you want the rent, the median rent to be another number, I don't know, $1,000 for a one bedroom. You can mm. ask that question and then you can have it compare those two lists. And if there's and if that a, a, a place appears on both lists, then there you go. That's some place that you can go ahead and invest in. So it can do real time market research. Wow. Um, it can analyze responses from the surveys and questionnaires that you that you sent out. If you if you've done that and it can identify the trends for you. If you already had, if you already paid for a, a a market research and and the company sent you fifty pages of market research and you're wondering, oh my gosh, how am I going to go through this? You can upload the PDF of that document and have it identify all the salient information, all the information that you need, so that you don't have to go through it. Things that mm. you might not have understood, it can explain to you. You can you can generate a list. Not. <laughs> you can uh, you can generate a, a a list for for cold calling. You can help draft personalized calling scripts based on the target demographic and property mm. type. It can create variations to test different approaches, and and that will help you to increase your engagement rates. You can you can execute um, cold calls for acquisition acquisitions. You can provide real time assistance in in refining cold calling scripts based on feedback and objections received during calls. Mm. It can suggest improvements or alternative phrasing to overcome common objections. So I'll mm. tell you how to do this in real life. You 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 get a a, a um a, a recording an AI recording like uh, um software like Otter.ai O T T E R.ai. You record your call with the the potential seller. You get the transcript because Otter will we will not only record but it will give you a transcript. You will take that text of the transcript, you will upload that into ChatGPT, and you will ask for recommendations on what you could have done better. Wow. Now, if you create a document with, with like 100 calls that you've made, and you upload that same document with all the different calls, you can ask it to do a full analysis of your call style, your, you know, your, your style um, in, the, in the interactions, and tell you in general what you should be doing better. 
in terms of being a better cold caller. This is not a replacement for a human coach. Definitely go to Byron and O'Neill for learning how to do this. Definitely go to Colleen, go to everybody um, that you know is a professional. But in the absence of that, while you're saving your money to be able to um, have their, to get their program, this is, is, this is a, um, a one thing that you can do. Here's another My thing. Jesus. Managing leads and follow-ups. It can assist on drafting follow-up emails and messages tailored to each potential seller's concerns or questions. It can help, it can also help organize your leads into categories based on interest level, readiness to sell, or specific needs. You can use it for negotiating deals. You can generate negotiation tactics and strategies tailored to each seller. And it can provide suggestions on how to communicate value propositions effectively or how to counter specific negotiation points raised by sellers. What you can also do is actually instruct it to act as a seller with, you know, every objection that it can think of. And you can go back and forth with it and then it can analyze how you did in that interaction. <laughs> Drafting so agreement. So, so, Sadio, so what you're saying is... It's because I'm just, I don't know what they're hearing, but I'm going to just tell y'all what I'm hearing. So it to me, it sounds like you can get AI to do whatever it is you need it to do to help you scale your business and automate your business and become more efficient and become more effective, ultimately allowing you to focus on what you need to focus on to get the money that we're talking about getting with these seven figures. That's what it just sounds like to me. Like to, I, I'm hearing higher in, profitability. Hello, in 60, in, in 120 and minutes, it, okay? And they don't she talk just, back, by Yeah. So many. They ain't got no long lips. No attitude. Mm. Uh, My oh, yeah, Jesus. So you say you ain't got to worry about a talking back. You ain't got to talk back. <laughs> you ain't got to have a smart Hello? mouth. They ain't got to call in for. They ain't got to call in because their kids sick. You know uh, no call ins. Not with the not wait, with the AI. Wait, wait, and it's for the free ninety nine. Mm, not for the free. The free ski. Absolutely. Free ski. So, so more value. Yeah, for no price. Yep. no price. Yeah, and it actually allows you. So, one thing I mean, I sh I had shared this on on this show before, but if you are a a, a small business owner, and you have one pro one particular product, you know that's reasonably priced that you know people always go in their pocket and give you the money like instantly once they hear about it. But typically, you know, it takes you some time to be able to put it together. If you use AI to be able to get more efficient at that process, then you can drop the price of that product and sell it to, you know, infinitely more people, right? Wow. Because now it doesn't take you resource, your own resources to be able to put it together each time someone orders. Mm. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I got to get, Listen, we I can't wait. You hear me? Sadio, listen to me. Listen to me. Drop shipping. Listen, I can't wait to have that conversation on Tuesday. Yes, indeed. I, I can't wait to have We're gonna change my life, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be a life-changing conversation. Um, but 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 here's the thing, here's the thing. I, I we can't we can't leave out of here without giving folk these gems on the seven-figure business. Here's here's the thing. It's a couple of things that we got to highlight before we head out of here. 
and I got to get some insight on this. I know dropshipping going to go crazy on this too. Uh, it's a couple of things we got to highlight when you're looking to build out that seven-figure empire. Number one, we talked about finding that niche, okay? Then we talked about, number two was talked about crafting that, that unique value proposition. Unique value proposition. What do you offer to the marketplace that differentiates you from um, everybody else? We talked about partnership, right? We talked about allowing your superpowers to reign supreme anytime you're getting ready to do business. We also talked about not just depending on vibes, energies, and all of these things, but let the paperwork, let the paperwork make the paperwork. Ain't that right, O? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We want that paperwork to make the paperwork, not just the energy and the vibes, because sometimes, sometimes the energy and the vibes are wrong. (laughs) Ask me how I found it. It'll be matching. Yeah, yeah, it'll be matching. Energy and vibes the don't good vibes, <laughs> Great vibes, good vibes. Most times equals scam. <laughs> it, most def- it definitely just, gives scam likely. Trade yeah, likely. I'm yeah. just saying. Actions always, always going to speak louder than words. Trust me. Um, you're better bet on, on looking at the actions, looking at that track record than looking at what comes out of somebody's mouth because the mouth can tell you anything and those emotions can make you feel a million different things. But I want to pivot. So we talked about, you know, having that, that business plan, right? Building up that strong brand. I know, uh, uh, I know drop shipping. She talked about building up that strong brand, right. And, and dialing deep in on it, uh, uh, Dunn talked about diving deep on that on that brand and building out that brand. Whether it's new, you're gonna feel discouraged. All of the different things we talked about leveraging technology um, with with AI. I talked about things. the ten thousand hours. Don't talk about, about the that. ten thousand hours. Putting the work in. Putting the work in. Huh? Yeah. Talking and, about partnership. Absolutely. But here's the thing. But here's another thing we got to talk about. We we just touched on it a little bit. Shout out to Sharon. Yeah, customer satisfaction. You see, customer satisfaction. How do you how do you keep yourself from arguing with the customer? Okay, (laughs) because because here's the thing we we talked about those ten thousand hours. I'm going to show you how you can take ten thousand hours and throw them directly into the trash can. I'm going to show you how you do it. How you how you take ten thousand hours and throw them directly in the trash can is when you. Start instead of improving your business proposition, you start saying them customers are stupid and them customers mm. don't make no sense. And I ain't trying to hear what them customers got to say because I know that I got this and you, I know that you got an old friend that that, that still do that, huh? <laughs> Listen, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what's that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You blaming the customer <laughs> instead of blaming yourself on how you can get better with your value proposition. My goodness. Uh, what's, what's your take on that uh, uh, drop shipping? Well, you know, one of the main reasons, especially when it comes down to, you know, the customer experience, that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because in order for your customer to get the experience that they should get as a patron and as a customer of yours, you have to provide a service, right, that is 
white glove. That's not to say that you're not going to have mistakes or you're not going to run into things that you might have to change because I've been doing that this entire time, right? I'm so focused on my customer's experience and making sure that when they join the dropshipping dynasty, that they get the knowledge that they need to get to not only start, grow, and scale their business, but take whatever they're doing to the next level, generate the income that they need to financially fuel whatever their goals are, whatever their purpose is. And in order for you to do that, you have to be efficient. You have to be able to respond to their inquiries when they when they reach out. You know, you have to be able to do that in a timely manner, right? You have to be able to make sure that the information and everything that you're providing them is of value, that they're able to take what you are giving them and implement it and create a stream of income that's going to help relieve them. Everybody is looking to grow and everybody is looking to free themselves of either a nine to five, free themselves of having to work too hard in their own business. And in order for us to generate that experience for them, we as business owners, we have to become more efficient in what we do and how we do things. We have to make sure they have access to help and assistance when needed. All of these things play a role in the customer experience. And I know for me, myself, I'm not even just coming from that as a landlord or as a, from a real estate perspective. I'm also coming from a shopping experience as well. And again, in order for us to be able to increase or improve our customer experience, we ourselves have to become more efficient. We ourselves have to become more effective because when we do, that's going to reflect in how we do business, ultimately making our customers happy. That's how that's going to go. Can I jump in and just add one thing to that Please. as well? Um, customer service isn't only about, you know, the traditional things we think, you know, being nice to the customer, et cetera. It's about understanding what is important to the customer so that you can deliver that. Because if they don't read what, what you're trying to deliver as, as being important to them, you're not serving the customer. That's not customer service. You AI and market research from AI helps you to be very clear about what's important to your customer and what they need from you so that you can provide it and that thereby you're being seen as being provi as providing top tier peak customer service. I love that. And Bam Bam put something in the chat that I think is important too. Every customer ain't your customer. And sometimes, right, when you when you when you're not dialed in again, we're going back to that 10,000 hours when you're not dialed in on exactly what you do. We're going back to the niche when you're not dialed in on what your niche is and you don't really understand your value proposition. You think everybody your customer, hey. everybody not your customer. And that shit going to give you a headache when you think everybody is your customer. You confused before you even started because now you're trying to serve people in a lot of different ways. And you all over the place. You confused and you don't understand why your business ain't growing. It's because you think everybody is for you and everybody ain't for you. Oh, Byron, you huh? chasing dollars. You, you, you dollars. preaching, Not my good dollars, good brother. Dollars. You preaching to him this morning. You preaching. I say all the time. You. It does not matter what you sell. It's who you are selling it to. You have to identify your 
audience. You have to identify your customer avatar. You have to identify what they need. You have to identify what their pain points are. You have to identify their problems. You have to know all these things. Guess what? You don't even have, you got to know more. You also got to know what they like, what they don't like. You need to know how much money they're bringing in so if they can so you can price your products or so that way you can make sure whoever your products are being serviced to can afford your products. There are so many different you have to know where they are. Okay, where they like to hang out. There's so much that you have to understand about your customer customer in order to be able to target them specifically, because when you target your customer, it does not matter what you're selling because you're going to go sell that product to the person you know who needs it. You're going to go sell that product to the person you know who can afford it. And when you know who that person is, then you're not going to have what you're talking about, O'Neill, I mean, or Byron. Oh, well, you know, well, why are my products aren't selling? Why are my services not selling? I'm not, you're not all, because you're not all over the place. You're not all over the place trying to sell your product to any and everybody. You're selling your product to a very specific person that you know needs exactly what it is that you're selling. Oh, I ain't going to lie. We're going to have to do a part two on this because we ain't even got halfway through. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we ain't talking about, about the, who the first hire. What, we ain't talking about the network and they collaborating. Oh, we ain't even talking about the team. You ain't we ain't talking about investing in talent. It was a good time, bro. You know, that means we're passionate about this. We really do it. That's why we couldn't get through it because there's a lot with it. If y'all want a part two, put a flame in the chair. It's all about what y'all want. It's not about what we want. I think we need a part two, though, because this is a, a lot to unpack if you're really trying to build seven-figure business in an empire. Because we ain't talking about maintaining financial discipline, adapting the market talk trends. About, we ain't talking about having a real team. I know Al mentioned a legal team. You need to, you need to have all your people in place, too. Facts. So, something will happen, especially if you're making it over a million, something will happen. Oh, yeah. You're going to get threats to lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, need yeah. to be prepared before, you be, before it happens. Mm. My Jesus. We ain't even waiting to leverage the tech. Yeah, we got to have a part two. We got to have a part two. We need some likes, though, man. How about we like for the part two? That, that's yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we got a lot to cover get, on this. Let's get to 40 likes, man, with the, with the part two. Man. Let's get to 40 likes. Man. Y'all been y'all been uh, holding back with them likes, man. Let's yeah, see. man. Don't just hit the little button. That's Let's it. get likes. We don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with, um, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it's a lot of stuff, bro. But next Tuesday, we could be, they, Stadio and Dropshipper Queen go dive deep, a little deeper into what they're talking about right now because. You got to see it. You know what I'm saying? I know some people, the listening, go take action. Some people got to see and take action. Somebody, Some people got to be hands-on and take action. So trying to make and sure then, we accommodate y'all. And at the end of the day, you don't want to miss that boat, though. Nah, you don't, don't want to miss, miss the AI boat. boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to miss that boat. That's a hell of a boat to miss. Dropshipping, yeah. you... T- t- okay. What kind of boat you think folk missing if they miss this AI boat, this NVIDIA boat, this this uh, chat GPT boat, all of the different, the whole AI revolution? What you think about that? Listen, if they if I'm listen, I, and I'm just reporting the news. Y'all don't fight. Me, OK, <laughs> I'm just coming to report the news. If you miss this boat, OK, 
you you're missing out on life you're missing out on you you're missing out on a life changing what i'm telling you all listen what we are with ai okay is doing for businesses and i gotta say this i'm gonna keep saying this across all markets i don't give a damn what it is that you do in business with implementation of ai if you don't get on this train mm. you are going to miss out on a level of greatness that you will never have been able to get to without ai and that is a fact i'm telling you all right now over the last 30 to 60 days with ai i have created over five products that by themselves alone is seven plus figures mm. on its own mm. by itself I said seven plus, and this is an unlimited amount of income. Heavy on the plus. Tell them again, say yo, heavy on the plus. Because with these tools, it's not, I'm not, I didn't have to pay nobody to do this. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go because again, even to get, even to do what AI is able to do, do you all know how many different agencies and how many different people that you would have to hire and invest Bang. in to get what AI? H chat GPT can do for you in a matter of minutes for free. It's our unfair you are going to miss out on a revolutionary opportunity if you do not implement AI into your business. And you can tell them that I said it. I'm reporting the news. Okay. As the journalist that God has called me to be, I'm <laughs> reporting the news. And I'm yeah. telling y'all, if you ain't going to do nothing else, get on the AI train, get AI to do it. They, it, it is here right now because y'all got to understand y'all already know that they be trying to keep information from us so y'all already know once they see us catching on and once they see us creating these multi-million dollar businesses with this they're gonna try to lock it down right now it is free and available to everybody take advantage take advantage it. and while we taking advantage of appreciate d page for the super yes, chat indeed. you Ooh. know what i'm saying appreciate sharon yes indeed you know what I mean? Appreciate Look that. Look at that. Showing love, man. And we appreciate our members. We appreciate y'all. Of course, man. Of course. No, we here, name every, company we here two days a week giving a lot of value. Well, appreciate that. Absolutely. We have a good time. And it was cool, though. Oh, I love it. It was value-packed. Somebody, somebody said we should make it a series. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because well, it's a lot with this. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, it's a lot. Absolutely. You may have to change it. Hiring a team to run a seven-figure business you might need to change it to building a seven-figure business. Yes. I, I love it. Change it up. We got some special guests coming in. Yeah, listen, y'all. Y'all, I'm gonna just, I'm just, you know, listen. One thing I'm gonna do, I, I, I'm gonna do a lot of things, but what I ain't gonna never do is tell you no lie. Y'all definitely need to turn this into some sort of series because this is this is a, is a topic that's just not subject to one specific individual. And I know and you know this to you all as well. We're all real estate investors, you know, but we all have other ways and other means of that we go about doing business. And the things that we are talking about can change the trajectory literally of how people are running and doing and operating business on all levels across the board 
And so, you know, y'all come back next week. Like I said, y'all like, comment, and share my brother's stuff, please. And thank you. I greatly appreciate if y'all will like, comment, and share, and subscribe to my good, clean brothers, okay? Because they've been day for day giving y'all the sauce, okay? Week after week, season after season. Please put some respect on my good, clean brothers and show them some love. Because, again, every week they come, they pour out their hearts, they bring in powerhouses for the free 99. Okay, I just got to keep harping that they be doing this for the free ski. Okay, and so the least that we can do is support them with a like, with a comment, with a share, with a subscribe, you know, let share it. Okay, report the news. Let people know that this is where they need to be at because we are really giving out what's needed for people to set themselves free financially, to set themselves free when it comes down to their time. What it said, I mean, this is a life changing platform. Share it with your people. Absolutely, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Look, and, maybe I want to. And the the no, the no stingy oh, energy ahead, as a. No, I just wanted to tag on to that little, the no stingy energy as a philosophy. Y'all are encapsulating that as a philosophy. That's real thought leadership right there. Appreciate that. So look, we're here every Tuesday, Thursday, 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. We bring a lot of value. Multiple different topics. Got to make sure you, you, know, you tune in, man. If you don't catch us here, you can catch the replay. You can catch it on podcast. You know, we a lot of different places, but. The most important thing is you take the valuable information you use and you apply in your life, your business, your family, whatever we talk about. Uh, we, we talk about a, a few broad topics, you know, that covers a lot of different things. But, uh, man, if you want to support, show love, you can um, hit the subscribe button. It's free. You can hit the like button. It's free. You can share it to a few friends. It's free. You can become a member. They got three different levels. They got Trailblazer, Legacy, Visionary. Whichever one fits your area, you know, your pockets, whatever. Go ahead and, and join the family in that regard. You get discounts on the event. I got a free event y'all can come to. Y'all part of my family. Uh, March 9th, we can be talking about real estate. We can talk about development, um, fixing, flipping, creative financing. If you're in the New Orleans area or you want to fly, shoot me a DM on Instagram or you could text that number 337-381-0208. Pull up. It's going to be a good vibe. It's going to be a lot of education, music, liquor, food, you know, if you want to do hookah, they got the hookahs too, man. Educate yeah. first, then we have a party after this. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can pull up if y'all want. Um, and with that being said, man, make sure you hit the subscribe button. You got any final words, B? Man, look, I'm just, I thought this was a dynamic and powerful conversation. So, yeah. You know, shout out to our members. We got DR in the building. Got Matilda in the building. And, and anybody else that that part of the membership, we appreciate y'all. Um, it definitely goes a long way in terms of supporting the channel and anybody that supports the channel. So, you know, and shout out to all our sponsors as well. Um, that means a lot to us as well. You know what I mean? Shout out to Don in the building, um, being, you know, being a day one and, uh, we, we appreciate that, you know, shout out to drop shipping, coming through, dropping the gym, Sadio. I can't wait to have that conversation next week. So we could talk this. AI. You do not want to miss that boat. You do not want to miss that boat of AI because it's your unfair, your unfair advantage. B- millions are made with unfair advantages. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout advantage. out to Ruby, man. Putting this all yeah. together. Without her, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, we wouldn't even be here. All these old fancy I, graphics and, and things and, the, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? Ruby be putting in, you know what I'm saying? She yeah. make this possible and, we, you know, we appreciate that, you know. Oh, you know, two fellas, we need some help sometimes. Yeah.
Yeah. But man, enjoy your weekend, man. Go make some money. You know, go network with a few more folks. Y'all need to be networking in the chat, man. See who do what. I make they want they, they want to do some business together. Somebody may know something you don't know, but that being said, we out, man. Y'all enjoy your weekend. Peace. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow. We struggle with leads, and we just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. I'm about to show you all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure you check it out. Peace.